I mean, what's pro football focus doing? Last week they had Brady. This week they got Brady. We're doing it. We're literally doing it differently from everybody else. Hey, as a matter of fact, moving forward from this point on, I will not make reference to PFL. Ready to get into it? Yeah, yeah. All right. We're going team by team. I would be very careful about slinging stuff. Am I going to get sued? Is that legal on this? I like football, like football season, all the things that go with it. Welcome in to the PFF NFL Podcast, Steve Palazzolo, Sam Monson. We're live here on YouTube, Western and Southern Studio, and it is Mock Draft Monday, Sam. Yes, sir. After last week was uh, all free agency. Pretty so much. Go, we appreciate everybody for tuning in. Had a, uh, a banner week last week covering free agency and trades and all the fun stuff that was happening. There was some news over the weekend that perhaps we should cover before we get into Mock Draft Monday. Okay. I didn't tell you about this, but Brandon Cooks being traded to the Dallas Cowboys and uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson getting signed by the Detroit Lions, I think are the most notable news items. Mm-hmm. But we can cover those quickly, and then we'll, um, we're going to fire up the PFF Mock Draft Simulator and just uh, pick some players. What of the millions of people doing that today? Are there millions per day? Or just I think so. It's a lot of millions. Definitely. Well, we've, we have, I mean, if all of our listeners I mean, we joke do one million, each. Yeah, the millions and millions of things, like for the mock draft sim, it's actually real. There it is are, real. There are genuinely millions of people using that thing. So uh, we'll do that in a minute. But first, uh, Brandon Cooks traded to the Dallas Cowboys, late round draft pick exchange. Yeah, love that move. I like it a lot. I mean. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to joke when I texted you yesterday, the Cowboys are cooking. It was like, that's a real legit move that I like. Yeah. No, that move is great. I mean, Brandon Cooks is still a really good wide receiver. I, I don't – whatever reason it is that teams move on from Brandon Cooks, he's, he's about to hit 30, right? But he's never, he's never hit free agency. He's in five different teams now, and it's they've all been via trade. Yeah. That's got to be a, some sort of record. Um, so whatever it is that causes teams to bail on Brandon Cooks and go in a different direction or simply cash in – it, it's not because he isn't a good football player. He's really good consistently in whatever offense he's put in, and Dallas doesn't need him to be a number one. Dallas already has that. They need him to step in and be what Michael Gallup wasn't last year coming off injury, and that lets Michael Gallup be you know, a, a less uh, important or less uh, burdened part of that offense. The whole thing should be better. Is this what happens? Once you get rid of Zeke, you can get a, yeah. a real playmaker in there. Um, this is the right move. For Dallas, uh, I, I'm all about you know moving receivers down a peg on the depth chart. C.D. Lamb won't move down a peg. He'll still be your number one. But Brandon Cooks as a 2A and Michael Gallup as a 2B looks fantastic. We'll see if they still want to address tight end or if that's just uh, Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot essentially taking over there. But this is how you win in the NFL. Not that Brandon Cooks is some you know secret sauce, but he's a top. 32 to 40 receiver in the NFL, if not I mean, better. He should be able to replace what they lost and hadn't replaced in Amari Cooper. Like yes. A, a legitimate, you know, maybe not the number one, but a guy that absolutely takes some focus off the number one, lets everything else be better. Yeah, I guess the only question about Cooks is this, you know, is he dropping off a little bit as we get later in his career? I don't think so. Again, you've, you mentioned he's been everywhere. He was with the Saints for three years, Patriots for a year, Rams for two, Texans for three. He's, he's produced everywhere. Most of the time he had a pretty good quarterback, but he handled you know, less than stellar quarterback situations with the Texans over the last couple of years. And um, he can 
you know, pretty much win at every level of the field. He's a good player. Yeah, he's so. still only 29. He'll be 30, you know, uh, not in the season, I don't think, but maybe at the end of it. When is his birthday? Yeah, why don't you look that up? I will. And then uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson going to the Lions. I, I feel like every year there's at least one team. I'm not saying they're following our blueprint, but like when you look back at what they've done, it just it's, it's like, man, if I had the opportunity to do things, I, I would replicate that. I would do something very similar. And uh, the Lions, after already signing Emmanuel Mosley, already signing Cameron Sutton at cornerback, bring in uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to play that safety hybrid role, add more versatility, but really just adding a good quality player to the secondary. So once again, they can go into the draft and into this mock draft without massive needs and feeling like they have to force a pick on the, in the back seven. Huge move for them. Um, I love this approach of, look, we haven't necessarily done amazingly at getting guys in the draft to, to stock at the secondary and make that an elite unit. We're probably going to need to go back to the well, but let's guarantee this group is going to play at a certain level with several veterans coming in in free agency. I mean, the Lions are, they've had a really, really strong free agent period, and they still have the draft with extra capital to go. I mean, you really have to love where the Lions are heading with the one caveat being that, you know, maybe Jared Goff has a cap to how well he can play or how far he can take a team. Yeah, I mean... Uh, September, by the way, for uh, Brandon Cook. So you get like a month of 29 for them. So does this count as his age 29-year-old season? Usually use uh, opening day as that. I don't know. It feels like a fairly silly way of measuring things. Okay, he'll be 30 during the season. Anyway, so the Lions all of a sudden with... Just solid, just solid options in the secondary. And uh, we'll get to the mock draft in a minute. I don't think they're out of the cornerback market in the first round. And that's maybe the thing that I love the most about this. It's not just filling needs so you don't have to force a pick, but it's filling needs so that you could pick the best players, but, and then on top of that, attack the secondary maybe with crazy volume just for security's sake, for future proofing, but also for tactically matching up on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, and it just means that they don't have to force it. You know, we've been sort of looking at these mocks and going, can you really take one of these corners at number six? That feels kind of rich for them. Um, But they pick again at 18. Now they can go, all right, let's take the best player available at six. Let's hope a cornerback is there at 18. And if there isn't one we like at 18, fine. We've, We've stocked up. We'll come back in the second round. We'll see if there's value there. But they're now in a position where they just don't have to chase, you know, forcing a need and and exploiting or uh, suffering a lack of value because of it. All right, last piece of news coming out of the weekend. Adam Thielen, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings, he's going to sign with the Carolina Panthers. That tweet you sent me was hilarious. But the uh, the Panthers now add Thielen to Terrace Marshall, LaVisca Chenault, have uh, Miles Sanders in the backfield coming off in free agency as well as Hayden Hurst. So the, uh, the weapons are coming together. Carolina. Yeah. Uh, Field Yates tweeted, the Panthers' offensive skill group has started to take shape this offseason, adding running back Miles Sanders, wide receiver Adam Thielen, tight end Hayden Hurst, and a quarterback that will be taken first overall. To which somebody called Junes has replied, you couldn't get arrested with these weapons at an airport. <laughs> which is yeah, pretty true. Which is pretty, pretty hilarious. Yeah. But, uh, so I laughed. I chuckled. Um, I don't think it's necessarily because the Panthers are doing a poor job. I think, you know, they they gave up their... They had to give up DJ Moore to go get pick number one, and this is what they're left with. I think Adam Thielen still has enough left in the tank to make an impact, maybe a three-year deal. Uh, you know, might be a little a little rich for him, 
LaVisca Chenault, interesting player who would flash at times uh, as that, you know, former fringe first-round player coming out of Colorado. Hayden Hurst is okay as a tight end, played well in Cincinnati. So it's a lot of okay there, and I think they've – they're still looking, I think, now with DJ Moore gone, who's that wide receiver one? Will they have an opportunity to get that this year? It's going to be tough with less draft capital. Yeah, it's not, it's not looking good for whoever's going to be the quarterback there. When you look at the weaponry he has, whether it's Adam Thielen, Terrace Marshall, LaVisca Chenault, Aiden Hurst, you know, Miles Sanders is fine. It's, Hubbard. it's just it's not a good group it reminds me a little bit of the Colts a couple <laughs> years ago where there's 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 Panthers fans somewhere that are talking themselves into this right they're gonna they're gonna push back and say well Adam Thielen's basically a one and he's you know he's always been there right with Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs and Chenault's a perfect three and Terrace Marshall's ready to break out like you can you can spin their top three receivers and even Hayden Hurst who again he's a solid tight end you could spin this into positivity if you want I'm just you know complimenting Dallas's move to go get Brandon Cooks when they already have Michael Gallup and they already have CeeDee Lamb that's where my mindset yeah, is I mean, look, right there was a period where Adam Thielen was I think vastly underrated and was kind of one to one a with Stefan Diggs when Justin Jefferson arrived though like Thielen's I'm not I'm not saying it was because of Jefferson but coincidentally Thielen reached that age which was you know 30 uh, where he started to decline and hasn't really been the same force. His touchdowns have gone down each of the last couple of years. Um, his yardage and, and kind of uh, general production has plateaued a little bit. And his effectiveness in terms of yards per route run has gone down each of the last three years. He's just reached the age now where he isn't the player he used to be, which is fine. Like, he's had a great career, but... You're now buying into that as Carolina for, you know, multiple years and thinking, I mean, I don't see a turnaround in that. Maybe it's there, but I, even if even as Panthers fans, that feels like a difficult sell. No, nah, Thielen's going to bounce back to the guy he was. Like, we just we just caught him in a low. We bought low. I'll also, But here's what I'll also say. He's a good receiver to have for your new quarterback. I think the Panthers, because of the investment to go get a quarterback, should look at this as a multi-year rebuild. You can't fix everything in one year. You have to go get the quarterback first. Next year's focus is going to be wide receiver one, target one, target two, you know, actually revamping that receiver core that, um, you know, took a little bit of a hit with DJ Moore moving on to Chicago. They have, they still have cap space. Like, they should not be out of the running for new conference. For nuke. Yeah. Now like, that changes everything. And that's a contract that is, you know, not great. It's onerous, but it's not as bad as it used to be. And... Yeah. You know, the Brandon Cooks deal can only have helped a team trying to acquire New Hopkins because that was for pennies. So if that's sort of what you're paying for in terms of, hey, this contract stinks, we know that, we'll help you out with the trade deal, it's not going to cost you much. Like Carolina only has crappy picks left, so throw one of them towards Arizona for Nuke. I'm, I'm not trying to overrate just what that does, though, right? You, one move, right. like DeAndre Hopkins, moves Thielen to his more comfortable wide yes. receiver two spot. It moves Chenault to more of a gimmick player. It moves Terrace Marshall to less pressure, a three who could break out and eventually overtake Adam Thielen. Now you've got four receiver pieces there, all because you have one Nuke Hopkins, who, assuming he hasn't lost a step, is still a top-10 caliber receiver. And by the way, a lot of Panthers fans hate that concept because they're like oh why would you it's a win now move for a team that's looking to the future and like, yeah but in order to get to the future 
the quarterback that you're about to draft number one overall or wherever in the top five if you trade again, that guy needs some sort of chance to survive. Like, we've just seen how hard it is for several quarterbacks. If you have a terrible situation with nobody to throw to, you might ruin that guy's career before you get to the future. So bringing in a new Copkins for a one- or two-year deal to make sure that that guy has somebody to throw to is kind of important. And then it's not like it mortgages the future, right? Like right. the deal you take on is simply a, a an awkward amount of money to carry for a couple of years, which you have that money. After that, you let him walk, and then you invest that money that you had tied up in New Copkins in something for the future when you've decided your quarterback has actually succeeded, right? Our guy we drafted number one overall – after two years of throwing the new Compkins and Adam Thielen and whatever, has actually flourished. And we're 100% confident this guy is the future. We're getting this, you know, Trevor Lawrence turnaround that we're just seeing now. And all of a sudden, we got a ton of money freed up because Hopkins is gone. So I, I don't think you should look at that as, oh, that's a, that's a short-term move. That, and we were long-term vision right now. Like, they can coexist. I, I also think in the NFC South, if the number one pick's good right Right. away you actually could win now in that division and on top of that there is a precedent right Andrew Luck throwing to one year of Reggie Wayne as a as a possession receiver and then Nuke Hopkins specifically aiding in the development of Deshaun Watson and aiding in the development of Kyler Murray right both of those guys took a step forward I mean Watson always had Nuke Hopkins but that was his guy for a while and then Kyler Murray's production took a step forward when New Hopkins showed up and they had some pieces around him. So mm-hmm. there is precedent there and something for the Panthers to consider. The PFF NFL podcast is sponsored by Western and Southern Financial Group. While you focus on your roster moves, Western and Southern helps advance your money moves. Buying your first home, planning to start a family, wondering how to make your money grow? Well, Western and Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day. Team up to understand needs and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com slash PFF. All right, Sam, we're going to fire up the mock draft simulator, and how do you want to do this, man? We'll just go through? Do you want to go? You want to alternate picks? You want to well, just uh, predict? What do you yeah, want to do? Yeah, uh, let's ask the chat. That's what we did last time when myself and uh, Michael were drafting. How do, do the they want us, want us to chat? Do they want us to I mean, draft. Uh, collaborate as a war room or alternate or do what? So three options. Collaborate. We both decide as a war room, you know, what we what we would do. Uh, we alternate or we actually pick what we think teams are going to do. The old, the original mock. The one, you know, the Kuipers of the world. The one I hate the most. The one you hate the most. I that's do. That's why it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to, uh, to try to predict whatever we do. I, I would use... Collaborate as an early, uh, an early lead in the chat. I like I like collaborating, even though last year I believe I was a little I was weak in the war room last year. I let you, right? I let you bully me early, There's but then of, we had another collaborative mock where I stood my ground. Yeah. There's a lot of people with incredible optimism suggesting that we should take a conference each. We can barely get the team straight when we're reading from a list of them, let alone figuring out on the fly in the mock draft sim which is the AFC and which is the NFC for each person. To oh, deal take with. a conference, right? I see. Sam AFC, Steve NFC, something like that. Where's I the, think that's the vote. I think collaborative is winning that. All you right. So we're going to collaborate as the general manager. We're going to make our picks. So the PFF NFL podcast is making our picks as of right now. Look, 
this is subject to change. I'm still grinding more film. This could change. Sure. You and everybody else. Yeah, we're all grinding, right? Mm-hmm. So all grinding. Uh, these, this could change between now and, and the end of April. So this is as of March 20th. What should we do? Mm-hmm. So is that what we're doing? Yeah. All and right. we can trade. And we can trade because mm-hmm. you can trade as well. Everybody can trade. Mock draft simulator. Um, so if you're in audio, on audio, I do suggest going to check out the YouTube. Maybe follow along when you can. But um, we'll do our best to try to paint the picture. Reset every now and again where we are. Mm-hmm. Did you do a reset when you did this with Renner? You got to do the reset. A little bit. For the audio Yeah, no, I did. I'm okay, certainly good. a top 10. That's good. I may have forgotten <clears throat> to reset after the top 10. I'm not going to lie. 10. The back half of the first might be, uh, might be challenging here. I don't like a lot of players in this draft, mm. is what I'm realizing. I think, uh, like an NFL team, I might have only 10 to 15 players I'm willing to take in the first round this year, which could make this difficult if you make me pick. You're like the Patriots. Yeah. My got bo- a, I got a board of 16 people. That's about right. That nice. might be what I end up with once the model's done running. All right, let's start. Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Um, let me start with this. Do we, do we buy into C.J. Stroud being their guy? This is our this is our pick. I know where you and I will go, but I'm still not convinced that it's definitely C.J. Stroud here, as the uh, as the rumors have swirled and as we've discussed. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm happy enough with my evaluation and understanding that I might be in a minority of not loving C.J. Stroud. Like I've heard a couple of people recently say he's the number one quarterback in this draft. I I can't really see that. I really can't. I, I get. I get why you would have him over Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. I can absolutely understand that argument of safety, of more accuracy, of you know a lot of things that he has a higher baseline of. I just can't see how you can put him above um, Bryce Young unless you simply look at Bryce Young and say, 5'10", 180 doesn't fly in the NFL, therefore I'm out, which, fine. But I think the tape disparity between the two is large enough that I'm willing to give the small guy a chance yeah so look we're gonna draft Bryce Young the one last thing I just want to say about Stroud is I was I was watching some Jack Campbell tape from Iowa Jack Campbell had an interception against Stroud uh, not to overrate one play but when I when you watch Stroud outside of the Georgia game uh, uh, off platform under pressure and kind of like um, just kind of make some questionable decisions over the middle of the field you know panicked type throws even though Stroud is seen as safe, right? He'll run the offense, he'll do this and that. Also feels like the one, if you give him a bad situation, if you give him a rough offensive line, if he's under more pressure than others, could have the most disastrous results. That's, that's where I think I land on Stroud. You know what we need to do? I, there's no way I can get this done on the fly. Despite, despite the majesty that is PFF Ultimate, your product that you're in charge of, I yeah. feel like the filters required to do this would be onerous enough that trying to do it on the fly and talk at the same time would just lead to a complete mental breakdown. Yes. But middle of the field, right? The area that short quarterbacks struggle with. Let's look it up. That, you know, the, the, the Kyla Murrays and the Russell Wilsons, they never target the middle of the field because they can't see because they're little and short. I suspect that the performance between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud over the last couple of years, simply targeting the area that short guys are supposed to struggle with would be night and day in favor of uh, Bryce Young and not C.J. Stroud. But as I say, I don't like my chances of being able to dial that up on the fly. All right, targeted with. Oh, no. Okay, there we go. I got middle of the field. Uh-huh. I'm going to get there. I'm You're going to get, get there. there. Okay. Let's talk about number two. So we're going to take Bryce Young. 
number one overall. Well, hang on. First of all, are we entertaining this concept of trading down, this idea of Carolina just wants control? They want control, they want options, and they want the ability to determine what happens and who their quarterback is. So let's say for a second that C.J. Stroud is their guy. They, you know, Chris Sims is in their war room. Chris Sims is pounding the table for C.J. Stroud. This is the best QB in the draft. Uh, turns out that Josh McCown only watched that Georgia tape. They didn't bother going any <laughs> deeper. So they see Stroud's their guy. If Stroud's your guy, are you trying to trade down? I mean, they might be, but I'm – we're the GM for every team, mm-hmm. so we know that we're going to covet Bryce Young. <laughs> so this is this makes it tricky. So of the because I think they have two options if they're thinking of trading down, it's Houston or it's Indy. You just gave a grimace. Does that mean my take was very very wrong? No, it's close. But um, ultimate, ultimate's doing something funky. Yeah, oh. I got to tell the people. Um, I've got my middle of the field filter, and I've got Bryce Young with a ninety four point three passing grade. And C.J. Stroud with a 93.5 passing grade, so very. Now, when you say middle of the similar. field, is that between the ha- between the numbers now or I have to look actual up. middle of the field? Um, so it's with 13 through 39. So that's the numbers on the field of 53. That's yeah. yeah. That's in between the numbers. Do you want me to tighten it? I feel like to get a true reflection of middle of the field, it needs to be tighter than that. The you numbers are quite quite wide. So, do you want me to go 20? 20 to 35? Yeah, I guess. So now we're changing it to 20 to 35. Now we're tightening up the middle of the field, uh-huh. and it's still very similar. 94, <laughs> well, okay. 9 to 93. At the very eight. minimum, it's making the point that the short guy is not struggling in the area where the tall guy is good. Yes. You know, like the area he's supposed to stink at because he's tiny, he's not. That's over the last couple of years. Now what right. I could do here, because I imagine Baker Mayfield's numbers were perfectly fine. He threw well everywhere in college. I'm sure Kyler Murray's numbers are fine, but if I add them to the mix just to see if there are any differences there, this thing's, uh, we have a little regression here. This thing's exploding on me. I mean, the other thing, the other element would be frequency, right? Like there's performance on a per throw basis. How are you performing when you actually target the middle of the field? And then it's how often do you target the middle of the field? Because, you know, if you're short, you might just simply not attack that area. I don't have, um, I don't have percentages, but Bryce Young does have about uh, 55 more passes yeah. than C.J. Stroud over the middle. I mean, I think generally this idea, like he doesn't struggle in the area that he's supposed to struggle. Um, doesn't mean he won't at the next level, but there's no evidence that this sort of problem for that type of quarterback is going to be a problem for him. So anyway, that was uh, – I, I, I think they could – think about trading down I think always if I'm at a pick I'm going to consider trading down to me the if I think I could play the game and get my quarterback a little bit lower and pick up extra picks the only two options to me are number two and number four Houston or Indianapolis yeah basically I would I would be honest with the Colts or try to try to get some honesty out of the Colts and say who do you love yeah right and try to but then that's the problem for those. Your risk is taking the third option at quarterback, potentially, if you move to four. And yeah, theoretically, right. Arizona could trade right. out, Obviously too. Obviously, four so you could, is a more risky one. It's risky. But, yes, the, that's the, the problem with both of these trades, or any trade, theoretically, that Carolina wants to execute, is you're kind of reliant on either the team trading with you, telling the truth, or it's this weird mutual, you know, uh, mutual trust pact where you're like, okay, listen, if we're going to make this deal happen, 
it's because we still think the guy we like is going to be there. Or we don't care because we like multiple guys, which feels a little bit... I'm never entirely sure I buy that when teams say things like that. Uh, no, we like three of these guys. Really? Anyway, so to me, the only real option if you're Carolina is if you can convince Houston that you're willing to trade back with Indy and say, hey, if you want your guy, you're going to have to give us yeah. something. So you got to fish for information, and Houston doesn't want to tell you who they want because that could make you take the guy that they want. You know, right. So that's – all right, here's just some numbers to chew on here. Okay. I went back. Baker Mayfield, this middle of the field, Baker Mayfield's the best at 95.9. Then Bryce Young at 94. C.J. Stroud at 93. Kyler Murray at 92. So they all threw well to the middle of the field. Kyler was a tick below. That has shown up in the NFL, even though he was really good in college, for whatever it's worth. I think the next filter to add here is maybe take out the downfield throws because like throwing a deep right. post is probably yes no like the wide open needs stuff to be like shorter anyway so i gotta grab intermediate where, so as walt points out in the chat superstar chat superstar walt uh we're in danger of the time expiring for our number one pick so who are we picking oh uh bryce young's name is on the card okay i'll take bryce young bryce young bryce young is our pick i'll go back to the filters <laughs> people love listening to us just ramble and talk through this stuff yeah live, all right bryce live. young um, can we get a full screen in here so that we can see? Can we follow along better? Wow. Actually, well, our, you, our monitor has the, the quad box going here. Yeah. So I actually can't see what's happening on the screen. Yeah. I don't know if that's... You're uh, aware that you can have a mock draft sim working on your laptop right there. Oh, I'm just going to have to do it myself? I mean, I'm just saying it's quite an easy thing to draft, just draft a player. There. Bryce Young. Yeah. All right. At number two, the Houston Texans are on the board. What are we going to do if we're the Texans? I mean, there. You and I have different QB rankings. Yes. Mm -hmm. I have. I think I have Stroud two as of last uh, time, but I have Anthony Richardson as three. Um, however, I have stated that all depends on my uh, risk appetite. Right. I could take. So, I could take either guy. The narrative at the moment is that Carolina loves C.J. Stroud, and that Houston loves Bryce Young. So, it would be an interesting dynamic if Carolina buck that if they ignored the current narrative and took Bryce Young number one and then all of a sudden Houston has to basically choose their second favorite quarterback assuming their favorite one just went who would that be I don't know <laughs> I don't know oh man I'd rather just take Bryce Young that's why we did that at number one hmm. um I don't know maybe maybe it's my recency bias of seeing a few bad oh look at that full screen that's how that is helpful thank you uh maybe it is the recency bias of uh seeing a couple bad cj stroud passes and not just watching the georgia game i'm yeah. the, the opposite of georgia game in here um when i mentioned risk appetite it's like do i want to take the big swing as a team or do i feel like i've got a pretty solid pass game infrastructure around that's where i think stroud if you want to have success in his first four years as a rookie contract quarterback get the good pass game infrastructure good offensive line good weapons i don't think the texans are there yet no no i think the colts are closer and the you know so i i feel like i'm more comfortable with the colts taking cj stroud than the texans which means if i'm in houston's draft room right now i'm leaning anthony richardson yeah and Le levis is my clear four i think did you have levis as your two yes so we're gonna differ on that would you take levis here um if i'm houston and Young is off the board, even though I have Levis as my second-best quarterback, because of the situation you just mentioned, 
I think I'd be tempted to, to draft Richardson. To me, the conversation with Richardson is simply find somebody who knows what they're talking about when it comes to throwing mechanics and show him a reel of Richardson tape and ask, can you fix that accuracy? Like, can you tell me what's going wrong with his throwing motion and his mechanics and can you patch it together? And I don't care how long it takes. If you say it's going to take 18 months of practice, fine. But simply answer the question of whether you can realistically fix that or is that going to be who he is? in perpetuity because if you think you can fix that everything else is so insane his ceiling is through the roof and his floor is really high because he's so freakishly athletic you can have like a very functional offense even if him like even if he's completely scattershot from a passing point of view so Richardson is the guy that I would be leaning towards with a bad roster do you think uh with our friend Bobby Slowick there calling the plays the Kyle Shanahan system Shanahan did tra- draft Trey Lance, and we thought, hey, maybe he's going to revamp mm-hmm. the system. However, the Shanahan system has absolutely best operated with quick release, accurate quarterbacks. Maybe like Mac Bob- Jones would have stepped in and been pretty right. solid in that offense. Maybe Bobby's going to show Kyle how it's done. Maybe he is. <laughs> maybe he is. All right, let's go. Uh, let's give Bobby uh, Anthony Richardson and say, here. Oh, let's go. Figure it out. Anthony Richardson, number two? Yeah. All right, Anthony Richardson going to the Houston Texans at number two. Now, the, also that that uh, lead, you remember when um, Buffalo had Josh Allen and their backup was who was the tiny kid from Jake Fromm? Yeah, Jake Fromm. And it's like, what possible relevance has Jake Fromm got to Josh Allen in quarterbacking terms? Like nothing he does is remotely applicable to anything that Josh Allen does. Well, now, in this scenario, Houston would have Case Keenum and Anthony Richardson. Same kind of thing. Like, I can impart a lot of wisdom to you, but none of it is relevant to you. Like, you, what you do, <laughs> watch, yeah. watch what I do, and then realize we're not even close. Right. In skill sets here. All right, so the Arizona Cardinals at three. The only question I would have is if you are a team that wants to trade up for a quarterback. If you're the Falcons at eight... I don't think the Raiders at seven now with Garoppolo in there. Yeah. Um, well, is anybody willing to leapfrog the Colts here? But remember, the Raiders are on this like it's it's the middle class contract for for Garoppolo, and you can't possibly expect Garoppolo to play seventeen games in a season anymore for anybody. So if you're the Raiders, I wouldn't. I mean, maybe they're out of it in terms of trading aggressively, but they're certainly I don't think out of the quarterback market. So. How many of these teams would be interested? Because you've got to assume the Colts are going QB at four. So if you love one of the next two guys, Stroud or Levis, you've got to be looking to trade to three, right? To you, though? I don't. Because, I mean, I, I'm I, not trading up. I mean, as GM of the Raiders or the Falcons, I think with the Falcons, I would consider Richardson, you know, if he was, if he was there. I would love Richardson if I'm the Falcons. Yeah, but I'm not. I, I don't think the Falcons or the Raiders. I don't think they should be looking to trade up. I think we're all just going to sit probably, right? So the Raiders to get 2-3. Are you working a trade over there? I'm looking at it, yeah. Uh, Their third round pick, number 70, would get you there. From 7 to 3. The number 100 will also potentially get you there. This is to get get Will Levis. Well, hang on. So the Raiders pick 70, 100, and 109. Apparently, any of those three picks will have Arizona accepting it. So if you went 7-109 and to get to three, to get 
your QB? To, to get Will Levis or CJ Stroud. Yeah. I think that's worth it. Huh? I mean, I would do it if I'm Arizona. Right. So what Ari- but what Arizona's potentially given up here, moving from three, Seattle will then have their option of the best defensive player in the draft, Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. Let's assume Jalen Carter's cleared here mm-hmm. for the sake of this discussion. Seattle gets their choice of best defensive player. Lions then get their choice of next best defensive player. Um, if I'm the Cardinals, my perspective here is do do I – I believe that Will Anderson and Jalen Carter are in a different world on the field compared to the next group of defensive players, Tyree Wilson, any of the corners, all of them. I'm going to lose out on one of those two players in exchange for a couple extra – an extra third rounder, basically. So any of, according to the, well, the sim will accept any of pick 70, 100, and 109 to get you to three. So, so pick 70. So I'm picking pick 70 plus, you know, one of these. Let's split, let's give them the middle one. So seven, pick number seven and pick number 100 for pick number three. Man, I feel, I feel like the, the Cardinals are giving up an impact player, but I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay to. being, uh, you know, we don't want to have overconfidence in our evaluations. Yeah. So let's make that trade happen. Raiders at number seven, trade seven and 100 to number three for the Arizona Cardinals. The Raiders are now on the clock at three for their quarterback. Who are they picking? I mean, I think they're going to pick we? Stroud, right? If they okay. do that. Give Stroud to Josh McDaniels. Yes. All right. I'm in agreement there. We'll at least do that. Now I have to, I have to do this trade now too. Yeah. On my sim. Again, how hard is this? So that oh. puts the Indianapolis Colts on the pit, on the board at four. What did we do, 100? Yeah. With, Seven and 100. With QBs going one, two, three. three. So this is like the worst possible scenario for the Colts. They sat there at four and three quarterbacks went off the board, one, two, three. Did you <laughs> purposely do this just to screw the Colts? No, but, I mean, you can argue that, that Levis is their guy anyway. I mean, any, we don't know whose guy anybody is at this right. point. So let's go Levis at four, and all of a sudden we've created this world that uh, is go one, two, three, unlikely four. to exist, but it could. Has that ever happened before? I don't know. 99 draft that had all those QBs. We had Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, McNab- McNab Akili Smith. So they went one, two, three. They went one, two, three, but four was like Chris like... Samuels or something. Yes. Yes. Does that sound right? That's exactly what it was. The 99 right. draft. Yeah. And um, I don't know about if uh, anybody in the chat know. Has four, have four quarterbacks gone to start a draft? Oh, no. It was Edron James. Edron James was four to the Colts. Samuels. Look at you, Bill Polian. Must have been a different year. But he went four, right? It was Samuels with uh, LeVar Arrington the next year in 2000. Maybe. Two and three. They went two and three. That's what it was. That was So they went <laughs> that year, the 99 one. It was QBs, one, two, three. And then running back, running back, uh, Edron James and Ricky Williams. Uh, then Torrey Holt, Champ Bailey, David Boston. Then it got weird. <laughs> then it got weird. Fernando Bryant at 25 to Jacksonville. Really good draft, actually. Um, I've got some other numbers for you here. Okay. Um, C.J. Stroud is, when you go intermediate over the middle of the field, mm-hmm. um, all the numbers are pretty high just in isolation because it's a, it's a lucrative part of the field when you choose to throw there. But C.J. Stroud and Will Levis are in a different tier below Baker Mayfield, Bryce Young, and Kyler Murray. So the middle of the field, intermediate level in college, 
Baker Mayfield, Bryce Young, Kyler Murray, all very good. C.J. Stroud and Will Levis, I just threw him into the mix, well below that from, I, a, from a grading standpoint. I would say it's worth pointing out the conference that they did that in with Big 12 being different to SEC. The Big 12 for, is different. Yeah, so in other words, Bryce Young throwing that well in the SEC to the middle of the field and intermediate – he doesn't maybe he doesn't have the same middle of the field issues yeah. that some of the other guys Again, have. Again, it doesn't mean that he won't. It just means right now there's basically no evidence of that, which is something that show, I mean this is this is the the numbers showing what the tape already says, which is Bryce Young does not struggle at the things he's supposed to struggle at for his size. Like he's right. able to manipulate the pocket, find throwing lanes, and somehow see things over the middle of the field despite being a munchkin. All right, let's go to pick number five here. Don't go there. Um, That's perfectly acceptable. It is perfectly acceptable. All right, so we've got four quarterbacks going off the board. It seems crazy, but you got to have a quarterback. How do you feel if you're the Colts getting Will Levis? You really think that could be their guy? He's your two. You you must feel good about this. So there's two different things. There's one, like, how do you feel about getting Will Levis, period. And then there's two, how do you feel about him being your guy if three quarterbacks have already gone? I think those are probably different conversations. But, like, I could easily – I mean – He's my quarterback, too. I can easily understand an NFL team talking themselves into him being the second-best quarterback in this draft. So if that's if the Colts are of that opinion, this is great for them. I could also see teams talking themselves into not wanting to touch what Levis in the first. I think that would be harsh. I'm Again, just saying, particularly if— Look, all I'm saying is there were people— when Zach Wilson came out, there were people like, oh, I got a third third round grade on this guy. Now, look, there are literally thousands of evaluators, and I may have right. heard like the one, but there are there are people who are willing to go take a stand when they see something on film that is just concerning, whatever well, it might true. be. that's true. I guess I think Levis has the most. He's most likely to have enough concerning things on tape that a team's like, I'm just I'm not going to take him in the first, right? Because we talked about quarterbacks being this binary thing: you either want them in the first or you don't. You either want them in the top ten or you don't want them anywhere. Yeah, my I can argument, see teams just saying no on Levis. But my argument would be I can't see all the teams saying that. I no, see, I agree with that. Of I can see not. some teams. I said some. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. But it's like it's like the Kenny Pickett thing, right? Like who knows? Teams probably had second, third round grades on Kenny Pickett, but one of them had him number 20 overall, apparently. Um, so I can't, I can't see Levis falling out of the first round because I think there's enough teams that wouldn't have that for him to get drafted somewhere. All right, we're on to Seattle at number five. Seattle's dream. on the clock at five. Lions at six. Dream scenario for them. This is a dream Seattle for, uh, situation for Seattle, unless they love one of these quarterbacks and they want to have some Geno insurance. But yeah. they get their pick of the best non-quarterback in the draft. I'm of the mind that that player is Will Anderson. I think the one question that arises um, in my draft room, I, would, I, I don't want to do this normally, but I look at my current depth chart and I say, look, Seattle has players at edge defender. Uchenna Nwosu, Daryl Taylor, Boye Mafe was a second rounder last year, Alton Robinson. I don't want my current depth chart to dictate where I go in the draft. However, I could see Seattle doing that and saying, defensive interior, yeah, we have Jaron Reed. Yeah, we have Draymond Jones. However, there's still plenty of room for a Jalen Carter, an interior disruptor where they might like their edge defenders enough when there's an extra interior pass rush. Does Seattle, would Seattle actually lean Jalen Carter over Will Anderson here? Yeah, maybe. I mean, this was an area where obviously free agency impacted it a bit. They added Jaron Reed back. They added Draymond Jones, who is that sort of interior, uh, lightweight, pass rushing type of defensive interior guy. 
Jaron Reed bringing more bulk to the middle. They added Devin Bush to sort of try and incre- improve the spine of that defense generally. They, I texted you that, like, you know, the way we've been saying the last few weeks that, oh, this is one of those things that I would always do, right? The list of things that you would do. Seattle has one of those things, and apparently their kink is adding safeties. Like, just give me as many safeties as possible. All the safeties. All of them. That's what we want. So they added Julian Love to a defense that already had Quandre Diggs, Jamal Adams, and Ryan Neal. Um, so apparently that was an important part of adding to this defense. Love, love Julian Love, friend of the show. But uh, don't really see why they went after him. Um, they, they could all do different things. I mean, look, I, neither of those – Neither edge nor interior defensive line is strong still. Like, Nshenna Nwosu is a good edge rusher. Draymond Jones is a good interior rusher, albeit lightweight against the run. It's kind of the end of the story for each position. Like, Boye Mafe, maybe they expect him to take a big jump, but you wouldn't look at either of those positions and say that stops you drafting whoever your favorite player is. I think you have to look at it and say, look, Jalen Carter's stock right now appears to be plummeting between... The legal issues uh, showed up at his pro day, actually worked out and looked like crap and couldn't make it through the end of the drills. Like that, that's a big red flag. I don't know. I don't know if it is. I don't know how much I want to weigh that. Why? How, I mean, so whatever the reasoning, right? Now, he's going through some stuff. That, so that's the thing. The reasoning could be anything from the dude is like working through some trauma here to um, this is indicative of the Todd McShay character concern questions or, you know, he's about to get paid, he's getting lazy, whatever it is. This could be a spectrum of things. None of them are good. And the fact that, that to me, the big red flag is that he actually went out and did that as opposed to sort of going, sorry, tweak the hamstring, I'll get back to you when I'm, you know, 100% ready to go. I don't understand why we'd have the same criticisms. Oh, this dude's got a ham. He's got a hamstring go. He's got. But it's he, way the guy's way. too injured during. Pro, no, you know, he won't. He won't work out. It's so much better to leave people thinking that than it is to actually show them that on tape. Yeah, my only concern with this whole discussion here, Sam, for simplicity's sake here, is as soon as we pick Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, I think will be the, would be the slam dunk pick for the Lions. Are as the Seattle GM here? Are we going to say? hey, no on Jalen Carter, there's too much going on. But for Detroit, we're like, oh, yeah, of course, we'll take him. Because if he drops, like if we're going to drop him here, if we're not going to pick him for off-field reasons or whatever else is going on, where does he land? Is he at pick I mean, 15? Like how know, far does he go? I don't know, but it's, well, I think it's a different conversation when the alternative is Will Anderson sitting there. That's my answer. When he isn't. I want Will Anderson because I would always take Will Anderson over Jalen Carter. I don't want my current depth chart to dictate things. If I was Detroit and I had the choice between Will Anderson and Jalen Carter – even if I just invested in Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston broke out and I've got two other pass rushers there, I would still take Will Anderson over Jalen Carter. Got to be true to the board. So um, I'm taking Will Anderson if I'm Seattle here. All right. You good with that? Yeah. Obviously, because you said let's go. Jalen Carter's going to drop. Will Anderson goes number five to the Seattle Seahawks. So now we have to have the Jalen Carter discussion again in Detroit's <laughs> draft room. Yeah. Um, and to me, this was part of the risk. Again, I, I'm, I'm making some assumption that the, the legal stuff won't be a big deal. I, I mean, well, whatever. I don't, we don't have answers to some of those things. No, this is the thing. So the Jalen Carter discussion is, is problematic because it is in the realm of all of it, almost all of it, is stuff that NFL teams have better access to than we do, right? It's talking to people, dealing with him behind the scenes, 
you know, more in-depth information that simply isn't available to the public to get a handle on what the hell is happening with Jalen Carter and is this going to be a problem going forward? Like, right now, the data points we have on him in terms of this racing incident that led to people dying, um, the fact that he was speeding before that, the fact that he then showed up to a pro day looking bad and couldn't make it through workouts, I think other people were saying interviews hadn't gone well as well. Like all of these things, they could that could be anything from this guy is working through some trauma. It's a, I'd say one kind of isolated incident that demonstrates a lack of maturity that you know can be put right easily in the right structure, et cetera, et cetera. All the way to the other end of the scale is this is like Isaiah Wilson 2.0 unfolding in front of your eyes. So those are two very different you know outcomes of this. And there's almost no way for us to figure out what that is. You just have to gut feel how bad do you think this is for Jalen Carter. Uh, NFL teams presumably are going to have a much better handle on where he is in that spectrum, notwithstanding the fact that Tennessee drafted Isaiah Wilson in the last couple of years. And, you know, so their, their R&D can't have been that great. All right. I mean, Isaiah Wilson also just wasn't a good player in addition to well, everything else he problem, had going yeah. on. Okay, so all that said, Detroit's depth chart screams we could use a Jalen Carter. They've, sure. they've, had, they've, they've done a good job developing edge rushers. You've got a Lynn McNeil there as your big 325, 330-pounder. Jalen Carter complements all of their front seven extremely well. And as we've mentioned a million times now, Detroit – did their due diligence in free agency, bringing in three players in the secondary, um, all good, solid players. So I don't have to fill a cornerback need here, though I could. I could think about Devin Witherspoon, who I think is the best corner in the draft, Illinois. I think that'd be, that'd be my debate here. Jalen Carter, take that shot, or Devin Witherspoon at corner because uh, Emmanuel Mosley's still on a one-year deal. Witherspoon's got that potential. Depth is good there. I also feel... Dan Campbell would be a good head coach for a guy with maturity issues potentially to go to. Like, I feel like Dan Campbell in the spectrum of 32 NFL head coaches would be pretty high on the list of guys that you want to keep a draft pick on the straight and narrow. You know, he's in the Mike Tomlin mold of that's a guy I want mentoring a young guy with some problems, if that's what we're dealing with here. And so uh, as the chat, our – I mean, we might as well just be the Detroit Lions chat here. A lot of Lions fans in our YouTube chat here, Sam. Mm -hmm. Um, A few Lions fans have assured us that they would never pick Jalen Carter. And others said, absolutely, (laughs) the Lions will draft Jalen Carter if he falls to six. As always. I'll repeat this forever. The absolute certainty with which people declare things a month before the draft is insane, given every single year a bunch of things that people have declared entirely yeah. will never happen. Zero percent chance don't happen or happen. And then and the, then on top of that, after the draft, if you look back three years and you said, who are the best 32 players in the draft? And there's like seven second rounders and five third rounders and a sixth rounder and an undrafted free agent. And it's like, well, what if they were in a mock draft three years prior? Yeah. It, it would look looked. crazy. Yes. Anyway, are you willing to take Jalen Carter here at six? Yeah, again, with the caveat that we don't really know what this is, at this point, I mean, I think he's fallen already to get to six. We're going to use this information. We know what he is on the field. We've seen him get sent home from the combine, not work out. Not and sent when he home. 
went home. Went home from the combine. Volun- okay. Voluntarily to answer the charges okay. of arrest. How about arrest this? Warrants. We didn't get to see him work out at the combine. Yes. And he looked slow and lethargic at his pro day. And couldn't make it to the end of the drills. I'm drafting Jalen Carter. Okay. That's six. I think that's reasonable. Again, with the caveat that they have better information than we do. And, you know, who knows how bad this is. All right. So I'm, I'm going to... I think this is the point in the draft where I'm just – I don't like anybody else. Um, there's definitely points in the draft where quarterback value drops off, non-quarterback value drops off. I, I really think we're looking at two potential blue-chip players. It might only be one if Carter, you know, does have enough other issues. So now it, it's one of those – I would – I mean, if I'm in – Arizona's on the clock, by the way, at seven here after trading down. Mm. Um, so we're taking Jalen Carter at six. Arizona's on the clock. This is where I feel like the drop-off between 7 and 14 or 15 is not that much. I'd be looking to trade down, but we're the GMs of the other team, so I don't see myself trading up. So Arizona's sitting here at 7. They missed out on Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. That was the risk they had to take to move down and pick up extra draft picks. What do you like in here for Arizona? Um, yeah, I mean, Arizona are in a tough spot now. They need point. everything, right? Yes. So in a way... It, they're they're caught between this classic spot of this is the area in the draft where it happens every year where the sort of the blue chips have gone you know all the, the players that you think are absolute surefire blue chip players have disappeared and now you have to choose from the rest um but the flip side is for arizona they basically need everything so just pick your favorite player and move on um like in terms of our board it would be devin witherspoon in the corner a lot of people love tyree wilson in a way that I can't quite understand. I, I don't know how to handle that right now, right? Like, I, uh, Tyree Wilson. So Ed, I'm, I'm looking at the consensus board right now. Edge so, rusher from Texas Tech. Yes, thank you for doing that. Um, I don't know if I, I don't have the, uh, the PFF board up. I've, I, I put it on the consensus board just to see what that is. I have, have Devin him. Witherspoon. We have him at eight. Tyree Wilson, Quentin Johnston, Christian Gonzalez. Is that, is PFF similar? It's the same, right? Uh, we have Witherspoon at seven. Uh, Tyree Wilson at 8, Quinton Johnson at 9, Christian Gonzalez 10. Oh, maybe I'm looking at the same board as you then. Okay, I, I thought I did the consensus one. Either way. Actually, that might be – that's some sort of composite. Uh, where? Hang on, I have the PFF big board right here. I can do this without uh, – Yeah, I, I went all the way. I used my sliders all the way to the consensus right. board. So there might be a couple differences in what I see. No, it's uh, the same. Witherspoon 7, Tyree Wilson 8, uh, Quinton Johnston 9, Christian Gonzalez 10. Good to see Renner just uh, doing what the masses do. Um, I, I, Tyree Wilson might be on my no draft list. As it, not not that I, I I just don't want to be the team that walks away with him, right? I do this in it, it sounds harsh, but I, I do this in fantasy drafts sometimes. Sam, I don't know if other people do this, where it's like I know this guy might be the fifteenth best player or twentieth best player, whatever he is. I just don't want him on my team for whatever reason. I don't want to root for him, I, and this has nothing to do with Tyree Wilson personally. Yeah, in the evaluation process. I can see where teams would want to take that chance and all that stuff and the upside and the length and all that stuff. I'm just not there yet. I want someone else to take the Tyree Wilson chance. Huh. To me, it's one of those things where um, because I'm much lower on a guy than the consensus board, I feel like it takes care of itself. It's like it's not like Oh yeah, someone like someone else will take him. But yeah. like the problem is that we're now the GM for every team. I don't know what to do with this. No, I know, but but to me it's not like so I mean yours it, that's a fairly uh, aggressive statement that like I just don't want Tyree Wilson on no, my team. No, it's like, I, but, so I don't I don't like him as a prospect, 
But there's a point where I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll take that. Like, I want him on the team at some stage. I need to explain why. Because, but, but to me, sorry, but my point being that the, I'm never going to get that opportunity because someone's going to draft him at like six. So it's like I'm, I would take him somewhere at the ass end of the first round. Sure, right. And he's never going to get that far. I, so so I don't the, have to concern myself with like where he's going to get drafted because I'm never going to have that opportunity. That's fair. That's fair. That's that's how I should word it. But I'm coming from the I'm coming this through the lens of there's like 15 players I would draft in the first round and when I say the no draft list it's because I'm coming in saying I only want people above certain thresholds and he's not hitting them right now. So but there until are I see workouts yeah. or whatever he's got a foot injury so I don't even know if we'll see him work out. But there are definitely players that that are in, on a no draft list. There are players that like I just don't want. Period. Because I don't think yeah. that they have any shot of working out. And you're right. I should word this differently. I don't want Tyree Wilson where he's going to go. Late first round, if he was there for whatever reason, that's just where I would put late first, early second. Look, I said the same thing about Rashawn Gary at the yeah. time. Like, to complete the bingo card, there, there's nowhere that I would have drafted Christian Hackenberg because I thought ah, there was a 0% well chance that he had any, any, any hope of working out. Like, at any, uh, in any league? Yes, the, the Christian Hackenberg thing was, was when I, because I, in the world of don't speak in absolutes with the draft, you know, don't make declarative statements, which by the way, we've been, if you listen to a lot of the things we talk about, we've been very careful with that. Very careful. Like somebody cranked out this article on some Tennessee volunteers site that literally transcribed our conversation about Hendon Hooker and how we hate the Tennessee offense, not because it's bad, for college, but because it has almost zero applicable traits to the NFL. It's almost impossible to figure out how it translates to the NFL. Um, and if you listen to that, nowhere did it say that Hendon Hooker is bad or that he can't work out or that he, he won't be a good NFL player. It's simply lamenting how frustrating it is that the offense he's running at, at Tennessee has very little application to what he's going to have to do at the NFL level. So very rarely do we come out and just say this guy cannot succeed at the next level this guy won't be good he stinks right I was happy saying that for Christian Hackenberg because he did he was bad he had almost no chance of working out and the other element that I think needs to factor in there is people were talking about him as a first round draft pick so I didn't really feel terrible hammering the kid whereas you know if like even if a sixth rounder isn't going to be good, it's like, you know, these, don't pile on. The guy's a sixth rounder. Everyone knows he stinks. Like, you don't need to tell everybody that. Like, there's QBs in this draft that have 0% chance of working out. But most, most people know that, and you don't need to pile on and be like, yeah, right. that guy stinks. Like, if it's a first rounder who stinks, then I think it's fair to sort of highlight yeah. that. And with Hack, when we were hearing he was fringe first into the second, we madness had point, point needed to be made. Yes. All right. So I'm not trying to sound harsh on Tyree Wilson. Um, at some point, I guess we'll, I don't know, we'll end up forcing the, the draft pick here. I could explain why maybe Tyree Wilson would work. All right, Arizona at seven. I think they need edge, interior, defensive line. I mean, so badly. But they also need corners. They need everything. I right? mean, it's literally pick your favorite player from this list that's available. So, so this, this is the drop-off where the blue chips are gone. Pick your favorite non-blue chip. That's who you're drafting here. Let me tell you where my debate would go. Devin Witherspoon, I think, is the best outside corner in the draft. I say that I say that with less confidence than I say in say like a, in like a Will Anderson evaluation. But I so I, I would say Devin Witherspoon is the top corner. I could be talked into Joey Porter Jr. Um, I also love Brian Branch, and I've said before I've got a type. Give me that slot that plays the run and tackles well and 
safety slot hybrid. And, you know, they're losing Byron Murphy, who played a little bit of slot for them over the last few years. I don't know if this is too high for Brian Branch, but I would honestly be debating him at any point for these next few teams. Um, I don't love him as a player, but I think there's an interesting argument for Quinton Johnson here. Arizona, presumably, is going to get rid of New Hopkins at some point. Um, which leaves them with a stable of small receivers like Marquise Brown, who they have to pay, uh, Rondale Moore, Greg Dortch. Like these are all small, shifty, limited wide receivers. Let's give them a giant target who can move. Yeah. That's by the way. That's the difference between positional evaluations too. Quentin Johnston, I think, has similar questions as say a Tyree Wilson for me. But with Tyree Wilson, you can't hide his weaknesses right. if you wanted to be an every-down player. You can hide Quentin Johnston's weaknesses, just like D.K. Metcalf wasn't a perfect all-around prospect, but you could play to his strengths and get tons of production out of him. I could see that happening with Quentin Johnston. So it's a slightly different argument for mm -hmm. me. I like Jackson Smith and Jigba as my top receiver over Quentin Johnston, but would you say in this particular spot, Johnston's the fit? I think he's a better fit for what Arizona needs. Um yeah, this is a tough spot. This is the first difficult. I, I hate this. I hate doing this live I, in front of the people. Letting, yeah. You know, letting it, letting it if, all hang loose here. If it broke down this way, I think Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech would be the pick. But this is not who we think will be drafted. This is what we would do. And I don't even love Quentin Johnston, but I think that to me is – I would go – my choice if I'm the GM, my war room take here would be – a debate, a 50-50 debate between Quinton Johnston, the wide receiver from TCU, and Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback from Oregon. Gonzalez, that I think, would be in the mix as well. I'm fine with that, by the way. I, I, th I think I want to go defense here, though, for Arizona. There's so many holes on the defensive side of the ball. Uh -huh. And they're, yeah, I'm letting the current depth chart dictate things. I don't, I don't love Quinton Johnston enough yeah, to do this. Which is fair. So let's go, let's go defense. Devin Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez – and I'll throw Brian Branch in there. Let's say that's our three. Christian Gonzalez, to me, is the best scheme fit for what they're going to be running with Jonathan Gannon coming in. Playing that much zone off. Man, Witherspoon would be good in that scheme, I think, too. I'm going to let you win. Oh, nice. Gonzalez it is. You let me pick Gonzalez over Witherspoon? It's fine. Gonzalez mm -hmm. is all right. I, my, uh, I hold my cornerback takes weekly weekly you know what i mean yeah so they're all close it's fine all right let's go christian gonzalez from oregon nice to arizona at seven it's fine now atlanta pick number eight now atlanta at eight they're not going quarterback here nope they could go back to the receiver well again they could go they need their defensive help tyree wilson and edge always in play for atlanta that's what they do historically thomas dimitrov doesn't matter who's there anything you're looking at here in particular for atlanta <laughs> Just glance at the chat. Uh, chat yeah, superstar chat. Walt is still still hung up on Anthony Richardson going to number two. Yeah, I can't I can't keep up with all of Walt's takes. Man's got to learn to let go. Yeah, you know, it's okay. It happened. If you think it's a mistake, that's fine. Listen, we're a team here. We're done. all a team here on the PFF NFL podcast. You can disagree, but you got to commit. I mean, look, okay. Teams make mistakes in the draft all the time, but you don't get a do over. You just got to. The draft continues. The, the card's in. We got to go. We can't. Mm -hmm. We can't redo the whole. We can't restart the show. No. All right. Look, if you're unhappy with our mock drafting, next Monday is just a week away. We're going to change everything. Or here's the thing. You know, do your own. 
Do your own. Mock draft sim works. Go go fire it up. Make your own better draft. Uh, so, Atlanta. Same kind of conversation uh, to Arizona. They need kind of everything. They, at least on defense. And I know they added a lot in free agency. Another team that added a lot of players. But the problem is they needed, like, almost everything at every level. So even the players that they've added, it's not really changing the needs. So what are you looking at here? I mean, I think they could use a corner. So your guy is still on the board. Devin uh, still an option. I think they could use anybody on the defensive line. I know they got Grady Jarrett, David Onyemata now, but that wouldn't stop me drafting an impact defensive lineman if you think there's one there. Kalijah Kansi would be a fascinating group. Mm. That's, that's three kind of undersized penetrating defensive linemen which would be kind of interesting to watch actually uh so that's a potential option um and of course brian branch who would fit in well with casey hayward and aj terrell any edge rusher i mean anybody on defense i'm good with so they're also i mean they're well equipped to do uh to go best player it's easy to look at the depth chart and say they have casey hayward they have aj terrell both of those guys head into the last years of well terrell Presumably he's going to get signed long-term. Casey Hayward's getting older. Yes. So a long-term play here, drafting a corner is fine. It's one of my consistent strategies always to have the pipeline of corners. So I'd probably vote Devin Witherspoon here. All right. I can do that. Good with that? Yeah. All right. So we've just gone corner, corner. Devin Witherspoon going number eight to the Atlanta Falcons. Now the Bears are on the clock. And now despite – no matter what you think – about Tyree Wilson mm-hmm. or Kalijah Kansi. A massive need for the Bears. You were lamenting their inability to add defensive linemen here during free agency. Um, when we did a three-round mock coming out of Bears free agency, though, we did give them Peter Skaronsky mm-hmm. as a guy that at the time we thought maybe could play tackle, but they just uh, – who'd they sign a tackle? They signed somebody. Oh, no, they signed um, – a guard so right tackle could be a spot that they still have to attack they signed nate davis they could still attack right tackle or cody whitehair could be a cap casualty at some point in the future you could have skaronsky kick into left guard i saw somebody suggesting whitehair is moving back to center uh potentially playing there so Um, i would actually i'd love that and put skaronsky at left guard well the other thing is so if if nate davis has been brought in to play right guard then tevin jenkins possibly kicks back out to right tackle which yeah, I don't know that they want to do that. He didn't look great th- when he I'm, played right tackle. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking tackle, that they're considering right, considering right tackle a need still. We've yes. just put Jenkins there to in me, our the depth best, chart because the best they need trio, The best trio they can possibly deploy is Tevin Jenkins at right guard, um, a, a Nate Davis at left guard, and then Cody Whitehair at center. That would make sense. It would. Nate Davis hasn't played left guard, I don't think, ever, though. No. So I imagine they're going to keep him at right guard. Tevin Jenkins, we thought, played well at right guard, but who knows what they're thinking here. Yes. Um, and not going to lie, I've lost track of all Cody Whitehair's back and forth center to guard. Right, exchanges. where he's actually good. Yeah. He's been good at both. He's been for demoted, memory, yeah, that's promoted. For memory, it's not actually connected. There are players for whom you know they played well at center and then not at guard or vice right. versa. Cody Whitehair, for memory, has played well or badly at both. Yeah. Um. So do we look at the offensive line here and just continue down that path and you bring Skaronsky in and you try him at right tackle? Figure out what to do with Tevin Jenkins? Skaronsky at least gives you the most obvious, um, not to, uh, 
the, the most obvious number of options. Like you can bring him can in play left knowing guard. that you need offensive line help, quote unquote, and yeah. then figure out where he fits. Because I could see him playing left guard, right tackle. I mean, he could play left tackle if they needed him. But they got, I think they're going to, you know, go with last year's fifth rounder, Braxton Jones. Let him continue. So, Peter Skaronsky. Now, the the shiny object sitting here, though, is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Very shiny object that sits well next to DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, and Chase Claypool. Yeah, I don't think they're messing with that, though, having just the, the DJ Moore thing prevent or not prevents them, but alleviates the need to – chase wide receiver like the lions like do you love a wide receiver at number nine overall not really so now they don't need to do that and then the Kalijah Kansi at defensive tackle you already have Andrew Billings and Justin Jones Kansi would be fun he would be a lot of fun I don't know if I fully trust him on rundowns no I don't he's a pure pass rusher do you want to take that that high so without He's going to get compared endlessly to Aaron Donald because undersized defensive tackle from Pitt with almost identical workout numbers. He's not Aaron Donald, but there are similarities to their game. And in a similar way to Aaron Donald, if he's going to play the run in a productive way in the NFL, it's going to be in the backfield. Like if you get to, uh, if you get a combination block, if you get two guys with hands on him, he's done. But that's the same with a lot of NFL defensive tackles. If they're going to survive and play the run well, it's by shooting those gaps. It's by getting into the backfield. It's by disrupting it on the wrong side of the line of scrimmage, essentially playing the run on the way to the quarterback. He can do that. Ed Oliver is the better comp for Kalijah Kansi. I think he's in the middle, to be honest. It is, it's probably a better comp than Aaron Donald because Donald is a freak of nature that we've never yeah. seen before. But... I think his game is actually closer to Donald than it is to Ed Oliver, but I think his standard is going to be closer to Oliver than Donald. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does make sense. I got some. Uh, I got more research to do on Cansey and the undersized penetrators that not that are not named Aaron Donald and yes. how they've done against the run. Because Ed Oliver was incredible in the run game in college, hasn't translated to the NFL. He's developed into a pretty good pass rusher. So, yeah, I think that's where Cansey could land. Maybe even ends up better against the run. Who Oliver knows? was like a comparable athlete to. Um, to Aaron Donald, but had none of the hand, the hand abil- the, the ability with his hands and the capacity to shed blocks and all those kinds of things that makes Aaron Donald otherworldly. Kansi, I think, has better hand usage and ability to shed blocks than Oliver did, but is nowhere near Aaron Donald because nobody is. So that's sort of where he fits on that line. All right. So where are we landing here with the Bears? Do we want to just stay safe on the O-line because of the Peter Skaronsky flexibility? I mean, those. Are, I, I would flip a coin between those two guys. I'm happy with either Skaronsky or, Kansi, or, or Kansi. Kansi. My first leaning is to focus on the O-line. Oh, but man, Kansi is he's one of the guys I trust here on the D-line as well. I'd go Skaronsky, I think. All right. Does this make the Eagles pick easier? I, I, I like to lean whatever makes the next pick easier. Easy, I don't know if I this see. is yeah, – yeah. yeah, that's probably not how NFL My next teams GM. do it. No. Well, let's go Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. What makes a different team? We're going to give easy. him a chance to play right tackle. We'll give him a chance to play left guard if he needs to. Skaronsky is going to bring some flexibility there. Okay. Eagles are up at 10. Is this the first team where you're willing to take a Tyree Wilson shot? Even though we've said, hey, we wouldn't do it until later in the first. Are the Eagles of all teams – with the way they develop edge defenders. They done it, did it a little bit with Josh Sweat as a developmental long prospect. 
I mean, to me, if the board fell this way, I would run the card up for Kalijah Kansi. You want Kansi here? I would love Kansi in this defensive line. Way more than I would love Tyree Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got similar reasons on Wilson. So Kansi comes in. It's the opposite of Jordan Davis. Well, he's, so he's almost like a, super char- a supercharged version of Milton Williams, who didn't really become the player that he was supposed to be. Now, Williams was dubbed an undersized defensive tackle. is actually way, way, way bigger than Kansi. But if Kansi can become the player that Milton Williams was supposed to be and hasn't really gotten there... Williams was solid last That's year, what I mean. Too. He's been yeah. solid, but he hasn't rotation. become, you know, this impact, under, this impact pass rushing defensive tackle. Like, they now need to replace one of those because Javon Hargrave is gone. So if they end up with a sort of theoretical starting duo of Jordan Davis and Kalijah Kansi, that, I think, takes everything. All right, well, let's do it. Let's go Kalijah Kansi here for the Eagles. So we got our interior penetrator to go next to Jordan Davis. Back-to-back years of interior defensive linemen that could not be more different as far as body type goes, but I'm buying it. I'm good with this. Let's do it. Kalijah Kansi to the Philadelphia Eagles. So here's our top 10. We got Tennessee and Houston on the clock right now at 11 and 12, but our top 10 right now, Bryce Young, number one to the Carolina Panthers, Anthony Richardson, number two to the Houston Texans. The Raiders at three have traded up to go get C.J. Stroud. The Colts are left with the QB four on our board right here, Will Levis. And then the Seahawks take the first non-quarterback, Will Anderson at five. Jalen Carter goes to the Lions at six. Cornerback Christian Gonzalez from Oregon goes to Arizona at 7. The Falcons take Illinois corner Devin Witherspoon at 8. The Bears take Northwestern tackle slash potential guard Peter Skaronsky at 9. And the Eagles have taken Pitt interior defensive lineman Kalijah Kansi at 10. Titans are now on the clock. The somewhat rebuilding Tennessee Titans. I think everybody was uh, Paris Johnson giving them a tackle for a while here, but they just paid uh, Andre Dillard. A whole lot of money. I don't know if they're in the tackle market so much anymore. Decent money, yeah. I mean, enough that he's going to be the starter. Yes, at least one of the starters. But, I mean, Nicholas Petit-Frere is the other one. Like, that probably shouldn't keep you away from drafting a tackle if you love one. It shouldn't, and it's a new – Rand Carthon comes over. It's a new GM, so I don't know that that – just because they used him as a third-round tackle last year doesn't mean that's what they're locked into. Mm -hmm. Teams tend to do that if it's the same regime – so tackle could be in play here. Anybody could be in play. Yeah, another team with a lot of needs, a lot of places they could go. Um, this would be a fascinating landing spot for Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, I agree. I, I like – I think Traylon Burks has the potential to still do a lot of good for the Tennessee Titans. Like, he struggled with some injuries last year and, and didn't really – I mean, had, a, I think, an unreasonable task to basically try and replace A.J. Brown within the offense – was never going to happen. But I think he flashed enough speed, playmaking ability that you think the long-term outlook for him could be good. That probably gets enhanced if you put Jackson Smith and Jigba in there as the sort of high-volume, um, chain-moving type of guy and let Traylon Burke stay on the outside, do what he does well. That all of a sudden is a pretty nasty-looking duo. Chiga Conquo as well, the tight end, like run-after-the-catch monster. Like that, that's some fun playmakers. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to convince me to to add more playmakers to any roster, especially one that obviously felt the impact of not having AJ Brown, and it takes less. It takes a little pressure off Traylon Burks, their receiver 
depth chart doesn't look good no. right now beyond Traylon Burks. I'm all in on Jackson Smith and Jigba. I like him as a better option than Quentin Johnston, other than, you know, teams that have a guy, that, uh, a place where you could fit Quentin Johnston in a little bit better. So I'm, I'm good. 11, Titans going Jackson Smith and Jigba. Nice. That's what we're doing, right? Because I just clicked it. Well, yeah, apparently. That puts the Texans back up at 12. Mm-hmm. Now they already took Anthony Richardson. Yep. Does that change how we're going to run our offense? What are we doing with Anthony Richardson here? Do they want Quentin Johnston as a nice big-bodied downfield threat? So that's been for Richardson's big arm. Yeah, that's been a sort of trendy uh, combination for the Texans all the way through. Right? It's usually been Bryce Young as their quarterback, but then giving Bryce Young somebody to throw to with number 12 overall. I still think that's a reasonable gig. We finally now they've got the movement that I think everyone was assuming would happen at some point. Brandon Cooks is no longer there. So the wide receiver depth chart, it's Nico Collins, who I think has done well, but looks like he has a limit to how good he can be. John Mechie, who a lot of people liked, but is coming off, you know, working through cancer. So who knows what he's going to be going forward. Basically, nobody you can trust at all. So if we're drafting this quarterback, we, we said we liked Anthony Richardson going to a team with a bad situation. That's not to say you should lean into the bad situation and, you know, expect it to work. I would try and get him a receiver that you can work with if there's one available. And Quentin Johnston as the second receiver off the board at 12 makes sense. I'm good with Quentin Johnston here. I like the compliments of Robert Woods and Nico, as you mentioned. Um, hopefully John Mechie coming back. I like, I like a deep threat for Anthony Richardson if we're going to maximize, uh, maximize the skill set. Explain what we don't love about Quentin Johnston, Quentin Johnston here. Right? Like for his size, he just doesn't win at the catch point as I often. Mean, like you could find plays where he does, but just not often enough. I don't like most of his wide receiver traits. <laughs> yeah. He's big, he's fast, and the best thing he does is catch, you know, hitches and immediately turn upfield and run after the catch. Those are all good things. Um, for a guy, I, like I don't necessarily love his route running. I think he's pretty bad at the catch point actually for a guy of those dimensions and that theoretical catch radius um again you can find play but it's like he feels like he feels at the catch point to me the way cam newton felt throwing the ball there are plays in there that look amazing and you're like oh he's look at him he's perfectly accurate that was a dime like yeah but like what is the overall percentage here which is not good so Quentin Johnston, to me, feels like a guy who will be below average at the catch point. But when he gets it right, it'll look great, you know? But he'll catch like 30% of contested catches thrown his way for his career, which is bad. But you could maybe work around that. Yeah, and, you know, you've talked before about how, look, wide receiver is a very unusual position where you can be very one-dimensional and still be a productive, important player to an offense. Like... DK Metcalf is still far from a well-rounded wide receiver, but he's a dynamic, dangerous threat almost every time he's on the field. So despite my reservations about Quentin Johnston's overall play, I think he can be worth the 12th overall pick in a draft class. I would also reiterate those two things, right? A a number two, quote-unquote, number two wide receiver, to me, is still worth first-round value. And then I'm less likely to be overconfident on my receiver evaluations. So I can tell you, I don't like this guy. I don't love that guy, but I'm also willing to uh, not give in to the consensus, but also buy in that the consensus might have a stronger evaluation than my own individual one. 
So I'm good with Quentin Johnston here. You, at 12. Your, uh, <laughs> your, your sort of strong takes held weekly is going to extend all the way to, well, the consensus thinks he's better than I do. So I'm going to go with the consensus. No, I mean, Johnston would still be on my, he'd be with Tyree Wilson on like, I'm, I'm probably, I don't want to be the team that drafts him, but I'm more likely to draft a receiver than an edge when they're on that list. Okay. How's that? That's fine. Better said. Johnston going number 12 to the Houston Texans. Oh, no. Now, what do we do here? We got to trade for Aaron Rodgers. I, Jets no are way. up at 13. They're not giving up number 13. Then That's the Packers happening. aren't giving up Aaron Rodgers. They are. They're going to get, what are they going to give up Rodgers for a two? Yeah. Or a conditional one next year. It's not going to be 13. That's the holdup. And they're not going to give it. Jets only have six draft picks. They don't want to get down to just uh, five with zero first rounders. That's what you're saying. Uh, sure. Somebody in the chat was telling me that if you looked at his 2021 tape, Quentin Johnson's, that is, you'll see he was great at the catch point compared to 2022. Um, he, he was better. His catch rate, or his contested catch rate, rather, went all the way up to 37% in 2021 from 35 in 2022. So that, for perspective, that's a comparable number to Chase Claypool at the NFL level. And I think there is definitely a perception that Chase Claypool is a monster at the catch point, in part because on prime time in his debut, he made a ridiculous contested yeah. catch. But over time, Chase Claypool has not consistently been that guy. So just like you could say you could find Anthony Richardson throwing dimes, I could find Quentin Johnston making ridiculous contested catches. So even just for his college career, he caught basically 40%, 41% of contested catches. Let's restrict ourselves to 2021 since that was the year that was brought up. Drake London, who was a legitimate contested catch beast, caught 65% of his contested yeah. catches. So that's your standard. If that's going to be your average is about card, 40. The NFL, Somewhere in that range, I think it's I think. higher than that, but if you're, do, if you're over 50, you're doing well. Yeah. Um, so 65 is as good as you're going to see. But, you know, that's the type of player that he was – he needs to be if that's your calling card. Like, so Traylon Burks might be a more fair comp because Traylon Burks, I think, had similar things of, you know, you're this kind of monster, but why are you not consistently doing that? He was at 44% that year. Yeah, so and Burks, for whom we had those concerns, was 3% better than – Johnson in the good year that he was supposed to have. And just like anything else, like you could find some really spectacular Burks plays, but when you watched all of them, there's probably some left on the table. Yeah. Either way, we're taking Johnston at 12. We've given Bobby Sloak, Anthony Richardson, and Quentin Johnston. You're welcome, they will Bobby. tower over little Bobby, but uh, he'll little coach him Bobby. up. He's not that little. I mean, compared to me. Yeah. Bobby was in, when we first met everybody at the Combine, he went into my mental bucket of not Steve height. It was yeah, Steve yeah. Height and not Steve Yeah, Height. he didn't make it. The problem is that the not Steve Height was like the, the range was like a foot in height. There were just all the people that weren't 6'10". <laughs> all right, so the Jets at 13. Are we assuming that they keep pick 13 here? Yes. I mean, I would give it up for Rodgers. It's not going to happen. Forget it. They're you really gonna... don't think it's going to happen? No. They don't need to give up pick 13 to Packers get Rodgers. Packers have the leverage, man. Nobody has any leverage. Stop it. There's zero leverage in that deal involved. Nobody has any. Everybody wants the deal to happen, and everyone's just holding out. There's you, nobody leverage anywhere. You know who has the most leverage? Who? Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee, because he had half a million people watching live. Did. Just to see Aaron Rodgers say, I came out of the darkness, and I choose the Jets. Mm. All right. What are we doing here at 13 for the Jets? Tyree Wilson's still up there. Brian Branch is still up there. Uh, Lucas Van Ness. I think the corners are probably not in play after Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. Nope. Um, 
Paris Johnson at tackle. I yeah. think people forget that right tackle is an issue there. Max Mitchell came in as a mid-round pick, had to play probably more than desired last year, was a little overwhelmed. George Fant is hitting free agency. Maybe just going back to uh, the tackle spot here. Tackle would make a lot of sense. Um, your guy, Brian Branch, I think would be intriguing in this defense. He is. I'm trying to figure out where that where he fits in with uh, Michael Carter, the second play in the slot with DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner outside. They traded for Chuck Clark. Traded for Chuck Clark as a, as a versatile safety. Could they add a ton more versatility? Your guy, Will Parks, is on the team, speaking of versatility. Keeps you could add a ton more versatility, but of all the teams, where again, I love Brian Branch pretty much everywhere, there's probably a less distinct path to the field here in New York. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a pretty distinct need at right tackle that matches up the value of the board with, with Paris Johnson. All right, let's give him okay. Paris. All right. Starting right tackle, Paris Johnson Jr., from Ohio State, puts the Patriots on the clock at 14. Now, Brian Branch definitely fits with what New England might want to do. Classic Patriots player. Now, there's uh, over the weekend here, uh, this, this is great, Ultimate's being deployed. We should probably stop timing that for the middle of the podcast. <sighs> well, you, you it wasn't by design. There was a bug, not the one that I found, but there was a bug. That was getting uh, that needed to get fixed, and we just uh, did a quick deploy. There we mm-hmm. go. I think we're okay now. So uh, New England brings in uh, Mike Kosicki over the weekend. There's a lot of rumors in New England. Great Scott Zolak saying more to come. A lot of rumors about is it DeAndre Hopkins? Is it Jerry Judy? If they're going to get another one of those receivers after our rant the other day, it makes the offseason a little bit more palatable, right? You've got some some playmakers to throw to. If they don't do that, just drafting another safety in a corner is going to feel like It's going to feel like the rest of the offseason. It's going to feel like everything else. But uh, there's not a receiver that makes a ton of sense right here at this point on the board. Nope. Go back to that best player. Which is? I also think Joey Porter. Could make a lot. I mean, of that sense. would be the signal that they want to go back to the defensive system that they had and used before, and they haven't really had the players to to operate over the last couple of seasons. I feel like Joey Porter Jr. might have the best pure press man skills in the draft here. Yeah, to do what New England. It's not even that they always want to do it. I think they want the flexibility to be able to go back and forth, play man, play zone, do what they want. So Joey Porter Jr. I think is in play and. Brian Branch is always in play for me. Yes, uh, or Tyree Wilson. I don't know if he's their type. I mean, they might look at him and be like, oh, he reminds me of Chandler Jones. Mm-hmm. More athletic Chandler Jones. They drafted him 2012, traded up to get him. I wouldn't do it if I'm New England, but. And I know they have, you know, a, a decent duo already in Matthew Ju- trio, I guess, in Matthew Judon, um, Josh Uche, and uh, Dietrich Wise. But I think they could talk themselves into you know, Tyree Wilson being an heir apparent to somebody or coming in and making an impact on that defensive line anyway. I could definitely see those discussions happening. Uh, Devin McCourty has also just retired. Brian Branch isn't a pure safety, but again, flexibility-wise, I think he could play safety. I think he could play just pure nickel. I think I'm more on the Joey Porter bandwagon here, though. Get a good, strong outside corner opposite Jonathan Jones. You could put Marcus Jones and Miles Bryant battling it out at nickel. I'd go Joey Porter. All right. All right. Done. Joey Porter Jr. off the board. Are we over? So we've said before, maybe the corners don't go to 10 till 19, but our draft has three 
in the top 14 because mm-hmm. we value the position. But we, I mean, we've already kind of articulated that once you run out of the blue chips or what, you, you get to a period in this draft where you don't love anybody, but you, you got to draft some players. So there's going to be players pushed up to draft spots that they don't necessarily belong in from an abstract term. So I lean positional value, right? And, um, and guys that I trust a little bit more. We are soon going to run into players that are on my – it sounds harsh, but my my don't, don't draft, draft list, board. the don't draft list. Wow. Yeah, there are players. It's not like a big red mark. It's just it sounds like quite a big. Let red someone mark. else draft. Don't him. draft. This it's guy. a let someone else draft him board. All right, Green Bay's up at fifteen. They'd certainly love to have thirteen and fifteen, but you won't let them. No. Who are the Packers taking at fifteen to compliment here, uh, Jordan Love? Dude, I would love Dalton Kincaid at this spot. Is that not too high? I don't think it is. I think he's so good. He's such an elite pass catching tight end. So good at that. Like he's good at I mean this is like you shouldn't, you know, it's unfair to compare Kalijah Kansi to Aaron Donald because that's an insane standard. It's unfair to compare Dalton Kincaid to Travis Kelsey because that's an unfair standard. But he's the closest thing to Travis Kelsey we've seen in a long long time at tight end. He's coming off the injury. Does that affect anything? Look, uh, playmakers, baby. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to convince me long that I want playmakers. I mean, it sounded like it did when you first reacted to the idea. I was just, uh, I was, you know, just playing the other side for a minute. Devil's advocate. Yes. Okay. I'll take Dalton Kincaid. Yes. Let's, let's go. do it. Dalton Kincaid, tight end, Utah. The uh, yeah, the production board had him higher than Michael Mayer for a while, and now the uh, the consensus has caught up. The consensus. The consensus has caught up that Kincaid's the top tight end, I think, over Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Yeah. When coming into the offseason, I think it was Michael Mayer had this feel of, uh, of blue chip prospect, and mm-hmm. that soured a bit as people dove into the tape a bit more, and he, his workout was kind of... Yeah. It turns out he's a lot smaller than he was supposed to be. Worked out 15 pounds lighter yeah. than probably his playing weight. So I don't know. It, those, are, those are tough things well, to figure was out that, what to do with. Was that lighter than his playing weight, or was that the playing weight was inflated? Which was it? It's a good question. I mean, either way, it's not necessarily good, but it's a good yes, question. I I dove into the tape expecting to think that Michael Mayer would be the best tight end in the in the class, and that Kincaid was, you know, this is nice, but he's not as good overall. But he's way better, way better, way better, way better. You've got him way better, way better. Okay. How close do I have Lucas Van Ness and Tyree Wilson? That's what I'm looking up right here. Okay. Well, Washington I've got them. is on the clock. Yeah, I'm saying uh, I'm looking at edge defender. I'm wondering. So I, we've 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 made our bed by paying Duran Payne that we've uh, said we, as a move we don't love. We've got all this investment. We might need to not pay Chase Young or Montez Sweat. Do we need to get cheaper options in there on the defensive line? Do we have to consider Tyree Wilson and Lucas Van Ness here if we're Washington? Yeah, I said. I think I tweeted or Nolan this. Smith from Georgia. I think I replied to somebody tweeting this. But if I'm going out on a limb. And again, this is like nothing declarative, but I don't think Chase Young plays a second contract on Washington. I don't think they re-up him. I think the only, they have to get rid of Jonathan Allen to make that happen, I think. To make, to, to re-sign him? Yeah, because I, I really, I, Montez Sweat has been very, very good. I think they like him enough that they want to pay him as well. So at some point, they literally can't pay four defensive linemen $20 million a year. You can't do it. 
So Montez Sweat is probably do 18 to 20. Although, to be fair, you get a lot closer to doing that if it turns out Sam Howell's good. <laughs> if they're paying a fifth-round pick as their That's true. Their I mean, maybe, maybe there is enough money to go around if, uh, you know, Sam Howell allows you to pay two, you know, two players, like one quarterback, right. one quarterback money, single quarterback money. So... Because there's very, I mean, even in the spectrum of rookie quarterback contracts, there's a vast difference between a guy in the first round and Sam Howell and his, you know, his fifth round peanuts contract anywhere else that you would consider here for washington i'm not trying to lock them in only to uh the defensive line brian branch i mean they fits here as well they i think would have to be in the cornerback market as well they bring in cameron dantzler they have kendall fuller there so they have two outside corners benjamin st juiced nothing that's keeping you from taking another outside corner i know the uh consensus boards had board has deontay banks up there as the next outside corner uh, Brian Branch is your corner safety hybrid. I think Branch would fit in well yeah, here. Bra- yes. Deontay Banks would be a really interesting corner. And I'm only bringing up the next couple edge defenders, Tyree Wilson and Lucas Van Ness, because something has to give, right? The current depth chart of Montez Sweat, Chase Young, to yeah. go with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen looks spectacular, but if we're going to look forward, having a cheaper edge defender might make sense. Maybe not in the first round again, but... No, but that, again, it's sort of like, okay, we have... We are lower collectively on Tyree Wilson than the consensus or the NFL appears to be. But at some point, where's the tipping point there? He's on your don't draft board, so it's probably lower than this. But like at some point in the first round, I'm probably buying Tyree Wilson as value. Oh, yeah, we're getting close to it. I think uh, Lions, Bucks, like Seattle might have an option uh, for him again yeah. at 20. And I might play that game, even though they just grabbed. Did they grab Will Anderson? Yeah, they did. I Either like, way. I like Banks here. Deontay Banks, cornerback from Maryland. You do? Yes. Why is that? Why? I mean, they have they have a pretty bad cornerback room. <laughs> well, Cam, they have Cameron Dantzler for... Dantzler's fine, but he like... Is fine. This is a guy that's consistently worked his way to the bench regularly for the Vikings previously. And, okay, as much as it's debatable how fast he actually is, because he put on a ton of weight pre-com or pre-workout and then ran like a pig and then tried to like you know what I mean so it's like is he really a 4-6 corner or is he actually like a 4-5 4-4 corner who tried to run with a ton of extra weight on to prove that he could play at that size of the NFL level and just didn't work so I think generally how fast he is is a, is a question mark but from his NFL tape it's not like lightning you know what I mean at the very minimum it's not a strength and he's oh man his okay NFL career is gonna Maybe affect Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State, who's a fringe first-rounder, super skinny. Um, Deontay Banks is interesting. My, my production model doesn't love him, but the combine was out of this world. Yeah. And the combine matters right. a lot for uh, for corners, or at least in the way that he the way he ran. So I'd be okay with that. Yes. Are we going too corner-heavy here? No. I mean, corners are going to go. There's going to be a run on I don't want him over Branch, though. Branch is a better football player. Okay. I would take – I would – Brian Branch – is going to be a top 10 non-quarterback in this draft. We'll draft Brian Branch. Then. All right, let's get him at 16 then. Right. Brian Branch, go. I can't let him go. Can't let Deontay Banks go ahead of him. Pittsburgh. Steelers, they've been talking corners in Pittsburgh uh, and, and also tackle. Um, they invested at right tackle, but left tackle could still be an issue. Dan Moore. Yeah, brought in Sam Alo as well, right? That was another piece of news, I think, that happened that we didn't talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, Sam Alo? Yep. Yes. So where does he where does he fit in on the old depth chart? 
left guard. They got all sorts of guards yeah, everywhere. Yeah, flip him to the left side. For some reason, they don't love Kevin Dotson at all. Another one of those, our grades, not that our grades are great, but I think we like Dotson a little bit more than the rest of the NFL. The offensive line's coming together in Pittsburgh. Do they want to go tackle here? I don't know if there's a Anton Harrison's next on the consent. I'm sorry, uh, is it Broderick Jones or Anton Harrison? Harrison. Harrison and Broderick Jones, pretty close on the consensus board coming up. Do you want to go tackle here? Um, and then the other spot is cornerback, even though they bring in Patrick Peterson, Akella Witherspoon's there. He struggled in Pittsburgh mostly. I think they'd be a live option for the edge rushers as well. Again, the Tyree Wilson thing would make a lot of sense here. Lucas Van Ness, like not just because of the colors, the uniform colors at Iowa, but like very Pittsburgh type of player. He is. I don't know if he fits. Does he fit their system though? They don't do a whole lot of edge interior hybrid types. They're more edge, the old school like edge linebacker, uh, I mean, rush, rush backer types. He's, Van Ness is more, he's a power edge to yeah. me that can line up inside. And he would be intriguing with Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt there. Right. But I just don't also, know if that's something Pittsburgh does schematically. I mean, they drafted one in DeMarvin Leal, who they're basically saying, no, you're an interior guy now, do that. And he's not been good so far. Um, like they, I think they've got those types of players on the roster. I mean, Van Ness is kind of, he's closer to their old school five technique, but he's sm too small. Yeah, like he's, not, he's not really that, though. I'll tell you who would be intriguing here if you want to add edge depth is Nolan Smith from Georgia. Mm -hmm. To me, as the undersized, um, like Jarvis Jones coming out of Georgia, who they drafted in the first round back in 2013. Nolan Smith, what? That didn't Jarvis work. Jones, like 250. Whatever he was. He wasn't really undersized, was he? I mean, he's undersized for a hand-in-the-dirt edge defender. 6'3", 250. Yeah, he's more, he's more of a rushbacker size than a right. hand-in-the-dirt defensive yeah, yeah, end yeah. is what I'm trying to say. That's what Nolan Smith is. He'd be intriguing here. I don't know if they need it necessarily. They don't TJ need Watt, like, yeah. Alex Highsmith, do you want to roll three deep at edge? Yeah, you could consider it. This is one of those few picks. I mean, we've been struggling for draft picks since, like, pick six or whatever. This is one of the first draft picks to come along where I think the Steelers would be elated with this selection. Like, they have half a dozen guys that they would probably like to draft at this spot and just pick your favorite. I'd be intrigued by Smith. I'd be intrigued by Deontay Banks from Maryland at corner. I'm just – I'm not sure on the Lucas Van Ness fit, and uh, we're getting closer to Tyree Wilson's allowed to get picked. <laughs> and then either of those two offensive tackles, I think, would be live options. Harrison from Oklahoma, Broderick Jones from Georgia. Um what do we think? Pitt would trade down. Yeah, of course. Everybody would trade down. Somebody's got to trade up. Yes. I don't know who's trading up here. Though, theoretically, if you're, I mean, the, everything I just said about the good situation this is for Pittsburgh applies to other teams as well. So they might have trade options. Yeah, especially from our lens. By the way, there's probably somebody on the consensus board or the PFF board that's ranked in the 40s that somebody would want here in the first round. Yeah, I mean, so, for example, just the, the PFF, the mock draft sim, the options that I have might be different to the ones Tyler's scrolling down at the moment, but I have the Giants at 25 interested, the Bills at 27. That, for all the edge rushers, is, is interesting. The Bengals at 28, the Saints at 29, which, again, the Saints is a classic. The, the Eagles at 30 and the Chiefs at 31. So those teams are potentially interested in trading up if we were trading out. Oh, and your sim? They're all, yeah. uh, they're all, they're all calling. Does Tyler have Buffalo there? Is that one of his suggested team? I can't make out what he's got there no it doesn't look like it 
Um, but Buffalo trading up for Tyree Wilson or one of those edge rushers would be – that's a move I could see happening. Would you make that if you're Buffalo? Probably you have not to make because this. I just wouldn't trade up for anybody that isn't the I know, but do we do this just for, uh, for entertainment's sake? Yeah, why not? Yeah, let's do it for entertainment. 17, sake. 27, and. Do I have Buffalo? 91. So Buffalo, 27. And 91 gets you to 17. And 91? Yep. Hey, why not? Done. Let's do it. And then Buffalo drafts Tyree Wilson. I've handed the reins to uh, someone else to run the Bills for this. 27 and 91. For 17. So the Steelers are going to drop 10, and they're still going to get one of their players. And then Buffalo's drafting your don't draft player. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, this is just uh, – we have some poetic license here. We yeah, can yeah. do whatever we want. Uh-huh. Tyree Wilson is don't. going to Buffalo just right. because – I like that. That's what, that's what makes things work here. I think you have to go rogue for two or three picks. You know it's a good move Do something when you wouldn't do. You know it's a good move when your voice goes high-pitched and squeaky trying to justify it. But that screws up. I had I – had a huge plan for Buffalo at 27. Yeah. I was going to make a huge proposal for a fit for them at 27. Okay. Well, maybe they can trade back into 30 or something. You okay. Make it happen All right, we'll talk about it then. We'll talk about it then. Detroit's back on the, on the clock at pick 18. And so they've already taken Jalen Carter at six. I was going to say, who do we give them the first time? Jalen Carter. Deontay Banks here? That's the kind of move. Like, you already secured – cornerback depth you secured the secondary and free agency so you didn't have to force one at six hoping that maybe the right guy would be there when you pick again at 18 and i think banks is in that uh category i would agree uh we've played the receiver market here before too and uh gotten pushed back with jordan addison or something like that the other guy i'll throw out there lucas van ness is the top available player and so i know you've got aiden hutchinson i know you got all these edge defenders only so much you don't have a hybrid like this there's only so much like NASCAR, absurdly baby. tall, white grit you can have on the edge, isn't there? No. No? There's not too much. Okay. There's not too many that you can have. I like Deontay Banks, though, as a play. What 18 a on the combination of players that would be Van Ness and Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. Think about giant tall guys, one of whom has stumpy little arms, the other of whom has this weirdly specific combine profile where his explosive numbers were awful. And everything else is great. And Jalen Carter. Yeah, Jalen Carter. Is on, the, is on the roster. Yeah. And James Houston, seventh rounder with like seven sacks on 100 pass rushes. Yeah. And Josh Pascal. And Charles Harris. A lot of players. That might be too many for the uh, edge room. So Deontay Banks can be our developmental corner to take over for Emmanuel Mosley next year. Compete with Emmanuel Mosley. Yeah, I like that. All right, let's I do think that. that's a great point. Deontay Banks from Maryland going let's at 18. Go. We're closing in on two hours here. Can we wrap this up? Seems unlikely. It's getting ridiculous. Bucks are on the clock at 19. I would have taken Tyree Wilson if I was them. It's too late now. Yeah, yeah, it is. Bucks now need a uh, they need a starting tackle. So Broderick yep. Jones and Anton Harrison could be in play there. Do you just, just get the tackle? And that's this is the problem when you um, you have to release players. You have these other needs on the team, but all of a sudden it's like. Tampa Bay is probably just trying to get out of here with a starting tackle and move on with their life. Yeah, I mean, the flip side to, you know, being able to build your team in free agency and not going to the drafts with weaknesses is when you have to end up cutting guys, you create holes that weren't there before. So holes have been created. Uh, whether or not they move Tristan Wirfs to left tackle doesn't really matter. Their current offensive line, there's two guys that they trust 
Tristan Wirfs at tackle, whichever side. Ryan Jensen at center. The two guards look like Nick Leverett, Robert Hainsey. Uh, right now, Luke Gottecki, who played, who struggled at guard last year, might be the right tackle. He was a tackle in college. It's a massive need. Yep. You just grab the tackle and get out of here. Mm-hmm. We'll go with the consensus board and Antoine Harrison. Okay. Over Broderick Jones, or do you go Broderick Jones? Uh, Let me I like Jones a little bit better, but I'm okay going either. I think I like him better, too. Let me see. Jones? What the, uh, see what the Numbers tell me. The Numbers. The Numbers. What does the model say? We haven't talked nearly enough about the model in this draft. Well, there's still um, – we were missing some data points. I also don't want to give everything away because the model might be exclusive for PFFIQ. Oh, I see. So I can't give away everything here yeah. on the show. We have people that listen. Um, Broderick Jones – oh, wow. So I thought coming into the year – Broderick Jones was a model guy. <laughs> but that seems to have tapered off a little bit. Yeah. Looks like Antoine Harrison. Looks okay. better. So Anton Harrison, tackle from Oklahoma. Dewan Jones will be interesting. Once I get some more workout numbers from him, he'll jump back up. But he took a hit by only doing a couple things at the combine. Like he'll improve his numbers, I think, and, and uh, improve his uh, he was model one stock. Of the, uh, he's one of the players that I can apparently still run faster than in the 40. Yeah. Just that, that just, hurts, but still that hurts the 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 model. He's literally Antoine also, Harrison going to the Bucks here to play tackle. Put him at right tackle. He literally also outweighs me by more than me. Yeah, like two of me is less than him. All right, Seattle Seahawks at twenty. I just love that we only have to do thirty-one picks. Thank you, Dolphins. It's great. Forfeited number th- uh, twenty-one or whatever. Thank they you for have. the tampering. Yes, Seattle Seahawks at twenty. Okay, already took Will Anderson. And at number five. You can look to the interior. Brian Brzee is still there. That makes sense for them. He might be on the list. The don't draft list? Might be on the risky wow. list. Yeah. You're such a hater. I'm just saying 33rd percentile model guys have a 0% hit rate. 33rd percentile. Yeah. That's bad. No, I'm trying to – I try to explain – I try to go back and look for explanations why. It's a small sample size for Brzee. He's a pretty good – I can understand he's a pretty good pass rusher, struggles against the run. He's high cut, gets knocked off the ball pretty well. It's going to hurt him. He's also, I don't know, th- is this folded into the model? Because you were a big, like, five-star recruit guy back in the day. That was one of your things. Haven't folded that in. Haven't folded it in? Haven't folded in, folded okay. in uh, recruiting status, right. no. Because that was one of your big things before. Like, oh, this guy was a former. I would always do. I would yeah. always take former five-star recruits, you know, just in case. And he's worked his way through some family, like, off-field stuff. Like, yeah. Dealt with some things. So I, I don't want to be that harsh and say on the no on the no draft. But. So I've, I've made this point before that Seattle really needs some receiver that can work the middle of the field, the slot, like the inside. The, the DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett thing, those, are, those guys are incredible. Neither one of them works the slot. They don't have a slot receiver, effectively. Um, Jordan Addison is still on the board at 20. He can, can play inside that. and out. Even if you're like, concerned about his size and his speed, none of that matters in the slot. Would you, so, I agree. Listen, you know me. Present a wide receiver option. I'm not and, saying and no. You're in. However, you did say middle of the field. Yes. Michael Mayer uh-huh. is there. Is 20 too high for him? Maybe. But he reminds me a little bit of Pat Fryermuth, who comes out a couple of years ago, and it's like, oh, he's, not, he's not Kyle Pitts. He's not Mark Andrews. Pat Fryermuth has been one a very productive tight end. Yeah. Very productive tight end. I think Michael Mayer is going to be as well. I think he ends up as a top 20 to 30 player in this draft, I even if know. he ends up in the second round. I don't know, and I would certainly rather have Addison than Michael Mayer. All right. 
So, I mean, your other options, Zay Flowers is there. I, we've talked before about how I'm not in love with him. Certainly would have him lower than Addison. Um, other options, there's not really any other slot you would take this high. Uh, and then you're, it's that or defensive lineman. Uh, model does like Addison. Loves Smith and Jigba the best. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm surprised. I gotta, I gotta check this thing. Model loves Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. Okay, I mean, and I know there's some redundancy there, but maybe just a pure, just, don't, just a pure deep threat and some lock at DK insurance. It's the same as the conversation we had with Hendon Hooker. Like I don't, it's abstract. The evaluation's tough. It's abstract. I wouldn't take if to me if if the evaluation is entirely abstract, I can't take that guy in the first round. I just can't. So I I couldn't take Hyatt or Hendon Hooker in the first round because I cannot project how they are going to perform from that offense into the NFL. Well, I'll bring it up next when the when the Chargers are on the clock and okay. they need speed. But, but Addison I, I'm good with Addison yes. for Seattle. Um, um, so Jordan Addison USC through Pitt. And by the way, even though his workout numbers were not good, I think that's a freaking steal. I think Addison's the best receiver in this draft, and I would be surprised if he wasn't a good NFL player. To get that at 20 after two receivers have already gone, I think is a bargain. Yeah, I also think the fragility of that receiving core, too, with, with Lockett and DK, you don't want to deal with that. Addison fills in for them if they get hurt. He plays in a three-receiver package. Again, don't have to convince me. All right, the Dolphins forfeit their next pick. Chargers are on the clock at pick 21. Let's go Chargers. What are they? Where are they going to go here? More. So a lot of edges are available here on the big board. Broderick Jones is there at tackle, right? We still need a starting right tackle for the Chargers. Is that correct? Uh, well, they no. So they brought back um, Trey Pipkins. They've also got Sawyer. One Sawyer those, kicks into guard. Right. One Pipkins, of those two guys is going to play yeah. guard. The other one's probably going to play tackle. I think they're they're good. Pipkins is okay. Ugh. Whatever. I don't think they're going to draft one in the first round. Would be my point. They just need so much speed. I don't know if you have to attack it here, but they need speed. Yeah. The problem is where it's coming from. Um, you know, I mean, Addison doesn't doesn't have any any. Zay Flowers, speedy ish, not really what you're looking for here's a crazy one uh-huh oh austin eckler wants a trade he does Bijan, Bijan. is this where Bijan happens in real life is this where Bijan happens i mean forget real life i don't hate this as a concept here generally oh no we're gonna you i'd have to revoke ultimate access if you agree to draft no, the no, no. Back so this the is so round. this again is... my two criteria is contract 21 fine contract is is this account technically as pick 20 or 21 21 20 21 21. oh yeah yeah yeah. sorry the forfeited pick counts as nothing this is the 21st pick in the draft so the 21st pick in the draft contract wise that's fine like Bijan is not going to be an expensive running back for his entire rookie contract at this slot so that part's good you can take him at 21 you're good the second part is opportunity cost what did you leave on the table to draft the guy at this spot and right now we're looking at a bunch of defense alignment, most of whom are on the edge rather than the interior. So that's not really where they're looking. The offensive tackles, we've decided they're probably okay there. Michael Mayer, the tight end, um, or shoehorning a wide receiver in because he can run fast. I think Bijan might be the pick. If he's the guy, if he's Adrian Peterson 2.0 with pass catching skills, that, that's worth this pick. 
how much do you play to you know Kellen Moore is going to run the ball X amount of time? He's like dead smack in the middle in all. Not if you listen to uh, Mike McCarthy. Oh, that Kellen doesn't run the ball enough? Doesn't want it. Uh, here, I got a quote. I dug this. I threw. I forget where this is from. He ran the ball enough. I forget where this is from, but I threw it into this thing just so I'd have it to talk about at some point. We never got around to it. Mike McCarthy, quote, I've been where Kellen has been. Kellen wants to light the scoreboard up, but I want to run the damn ball so I can rest my defense. I think when you're a coordinator, you know, uh, you know, but you're in charge of that offense. That doesn't make sense as a sentence. Uh, being a head coach and being a play caller, you're a little more in tune with everything. Uh, I don't desire to be the number one offense in the league. I want to be the number one team in the league with a number of wins and a championship. And if we've got to give up some production and take care of the ball better to get that, that's what we'll do because we have a really good defense. So essentially he's saying Kellen doesn't understand why we run the ball. All right. I'll, I'm not getting into that right now. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where there's probably kernels of truth and the idea of like understanding game flow better as a head coach, but at the end of the day, if you score more points, it's better for your defense. You know? Yeah. At the I end mean, of the day, score more points. Generally, though, now, um, like maybe Kellen's going to run the ball more because now he's the head coach. Or not, now he's in charge of the offense uh, – from actually no never mind I've just assigned him a position that he doesn't even have carry on he's just got the same offensive coordinator position so yeah anyway my point being I think Bijan makes sense here oh man well okay if Bijan isn't the pick right if Bijan Robinson is not you can't draft him there who give me an alternative I mean I would take Michael Mayer over that he will make such a bigger impact on this offense than Michael Mayer. Get out of here. He will. A good tight end versus elite running back. Yes. I don't know, man. At least Mayer will stretch the middle of the field a little bit. Gerald Everett, a little bit less pressure on him. Will he? Yeah. Seam guy. He's a good seam guy. Contested catch guy. Herbert will trust him. Be a little <laughs> bit more aggressive. I need Herbert to have... Players that he trusts. I well, don't then, want to take Zay Flowers at this point. I mean, people, I don't want to take the speed receivers at this point. Then give him some guys that will get open, not guys that win through being a larger. Tank Dell, you get those. You get all these receivers later. So I'm Bichon's fine with not going that way. It's just going to feel bad when, like, Bijan's not better than Austin Eckler. We don't think – I don't think he's necessarily going to be better than Austin I mean, Eckler. It's going to feel like a lateral move. He might be. He might be, he but it's going to feel ball. like a lateral move. He can certainly take on a heavier workload than Austin Eckler. But Plus, it's a lateral move that's being forced by Eckler looking to get traded. Yeah, maybe. But so, it might also be an upgrade. Whatever. Just do it. Yes. Because we're having fun. We're having fun. It's not my job. Drop B. John Robinson to the Chargers at 21. I brought it up. It's my fault. Ravens at 22. Where do the Ravens go here? million edges on the board here. Mm -hmm. Haven't they drafted edge in the first round in the last 10 years? Uh, no, it was two years ago. No. It was two years ago. They're, um, this could be a good spot for them, get more pass rushers. Calais Campbell, as of now, not on the roster. So you got Tyus Bowser, Adafi Owe, David Ajabu coming off an injury. I think, I think a pass rusher makes sense here. Mm -hmm. uh, now, my question is, do you want power rushers like Lucas Van Ness or Miles Murphy? Or do you want Nolan Smith, who's got power and a little bit of juice? A little juice off the edge. Yeah. Big Nolan Smith fan here. Apparently. I like Nolan Smith. <laughs> Anywhere else you'd go here? Zay Flowers to add some some speed to the roster I mean, I here. Wouldn't, I wouldn't draft Zay Flowers this high. But yeah, probably not. Others might. 
I mean, Robert I think Donald just, is coming up on edge. A lot of edges. Yeah, available. just in terms of, of value, they're going to be picking on the defensive line if it breaks this way, I would say. So it's a case of which one. All right, who do you want? Van Ness is the top guy on the consensus board. Van Ness would be interesting in that defense. I mean, he kind of would replace what they had in uh, JPP. Yeah. That style of, of defender, which is different to the speed, the pure speed in the Dafe Owe. I, I think that, from a skill set point of view, complements what they already have. All right, let's do it. Lucas Van Ness going to Iowa, uh, from Iowa, going to the Ravens. Yeah. Pick 22. Good value there, according to the consensus board. Vikings at pick 23. Brian Brissy's still there, defensive mm-hmm. line. They've got edge rush op- options. Where do you think Minnesota could be leaning here? Another one do they those, want more receiver help? Man, I just don't probably, want receiver but, value Yeah, there. don't love it. Another one of those teams that needs pretty much everything on defense. Again, which who's your favorite defender? I think they could draft him and it would make sense. Marcus Davenport, Danell Hunter there. Zadarius Smith probably going to be gone. Maybe, though they appear to not be doing that. So you, I think you could probably work on the basis that edge rusher wouldn't be where they were targeting, but anywhere else in defense makes sense. Offensive line, they're surprisingly solid right now. I mean, certainly a tackle, which is certainly a tackle where the where the value is. So you scroll down, you've got cornerback options: Cam Smith and Emmanuel Forbes. If you want to go that route, right. somebody opposite Andrew Booth is Arguably really reach a little. I mean, this is a team that would look to trade down from this spot. You would think. Is there anybody on the board? So here you go. Here's a pick them, or here's a trade that makes sense. New Orleans are looking to trade up. This is what they do always. This is where we just play the play uh, And the, the value is defensive line where the Saints are badly in need of help. So if the Saints traded from 29 to 23, gave up, what, pick 115 to make that happen? Sure. Done. New Orleans on the clock at pick number 23. And who's the edge or who's the defense? So 29 and 115? Yeah. For 23? Yep. Offer trade. All right, Saints are on the clock at pick 23. Look at us, wheeling and dealing. Uh-huh. This is what the Saints would do. Uh, Nolan Smith, Miles Murphy. They Feels like, like they'd be more of a Nolan Smith or a Miles Murphy. Miles Murphy guy type than of guy. Than Nolan Smith type of team. Yeah. yeah, let's go, Miles Murphy. All right. See, it's easy. Saints traded up for Miles Murphy. Need an edge defender. They just go draft, go get their needs. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. What else do the Saints have there now? It's not much now. Carl Granderson, the guys that they haven't had work out yet, and Cameron Jordan still. Cameron Jordan's coming. Yeah, Granderson, Tano Passanio, Peyton Turner. But they need more there. Yeah. So they did it. Jacksonville, 24. Where do the Jags potentially go? Tackle. They just lost Juwan Taylor. Oh, yes, they did. They wanted to resign him, but they were unable to. Walker Little. They expect Walker Little to step in, though. Sure. But we're the GMs again, even though we just gave up GM reins to the Saints to make mm-hmm. a trade up. Um, Definitely wouldn't hurt to have contingency if, in case Walker Little doesn't play particularly well. Also, you're still like Cam Robinson is kind of trucking away at this above average level on quite a lot of money. You know, future proofing that wouldn't hurt. Okay, I'm also going to throw Michael Mayer's name in here as well. <laughs> Every pick. Every pick. Yeah. I'd go Broderick Jones at tackle. All right. I'd be fine with that. Let's do that. And then uh, there's some Dewan Jones potential suitors coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Broderick Jones going to the Jags. Right tackle, potential starter, compete with Walker Little. And, you know, at least provide some insurance there. Giants are on the clock now. 
at pick 25. What are we doing to build around Daniel Jones in New York? Just brought Darren Waller in. What else do the Giants have to do? Uh, I mean, the Giants just, they still need to keep adding playmakers. This is a spot where Zay Flowers would be interesting, but how much, like, how much capacity Wondell is there? Robinson, yeah. Harris Campbell's there now, right. Darius Slayton is there. How much capacity for gimmick is there in one offense? If any offense could make it happen, you know, uh, Brian Dayball would feel like the one, but that still feels difficult to all cram in. Um, what about just edge defender opposite Kayvon Thibodeau? Yeah. Aziz Ojolari, not much else. Nolan Smith would be a good pick here. I like Nolan Smith. Take that chance. Coming off the coming off the injury, but he's running ran incredibly at the combine. I'm ready to make the comparison. He reminds me a little bit of Vaughn Miller in wow. that at because what is what is Vaughn way? Two forty something? Yeah. Like Nolan Smith at about two thirty five can play with power, with pop in his hands. Oh, I wanted to say – I wanted in my head to say 242. 248. It was 249. Oh, 249. pound out. All right, so he's definitely not as heavy as um, Vaughn Miller, but he plays with, like, pop in his hands like Vaughn has. So I think Nolan Smith can play the run and rush the passer. Give me Nolan Smith. Done. To the Giants. You're good with that. Sweet. Dallas, pick number 26. I don't think they need to force receiver anymore. Oh, and yet here, Michael Mayer is sitting there at a spot where it actually makes sense. And you're like, oh, it doesn't need to happen here. I, would, I was about to say that. I would take Michael Mayer here for Dallas. Yeah, well, let's do that. Michael Mayer and Brandon Cooks. Simple. All in two days. I think they could also go Brian Percy here. I think that would make some sense for them. Shore up the interior of that defensive line. Uh, you just get moved off the uh, in the run game like every other defensive tackle that they bring in. Yeah, maybe, but it makes sense for them to try and attack that. Um, but I think Michael Mayer does make a lot of sense there. All right, so we're going Mayer. Dumb. Michael Mayer going to Dallas at pick 26. Now Steelers are on the clock at pick 27. Did yep. we play it the right way? Do we, do we still have enough good options yeah, here? I mean, a lot of the players we liked are gone, but, you know. Yeah, I don't know if there's enough. Well, so at 27, that's a spot where Dewan Jones could come off the board. Right tackle upgrade from Akora four. I don't hate that. Maybe is it a little rich with Dewan Jones? Maybe, but it's... I would. I mean, I'd be fine with that pick. The other, the other place, you know, because we took all the corners and the cor- we're going to make the corners go higher. Emmanuel Forbes or Cam Smith. Mm-hmm. Look, it's like it's not really a reach or anything like that. That's right. just that would be a fit. Yeah, for Pittsburgh, trade down and you get. Probably a comparable corner to Deontay Banks that you gave up the option, the opportunity cost of, of, of drafting him. There's going to be a couple of edge rushers around this kind of ballpark. Will McDonald from Iowa State. Um, you know, we're in this range where they're going to be maybe a little bit of a reach, but definitely pickable. And then the Brian Brzee thing is still there. Where does Cam? Where does Cam Smith? For, so I like Forbes on the from a model standpoint, despite his. Uh, Skinny frame. Mm-hmm. I think I have him slightly above Cam Smith. Is that right? Yes, I do. I would I would consider Emmanuel Forbes here to compete with a killer Witherspoon opposite Patrick Peterson and be the guy going forward. You want to do that? I would do it. Okay. Done. I think back into the first. This is where, you know, back into the first is always where you get who the heck knows how it's going to land. Bengals are on the clock here at 28. Now, DeWan Jones. <laughs> have always wanted this to be the pick here for the Bengals. Orlando Brown and Dewan Jones in the same offense. Yeah, I'm line. the third biggest man in Cincinnati now if this happens. <laughs> Orlando Brown comes in and steals my title as the biggest dude in town. Mm. 
and now Dewan Jones will come in and dwarf Orlando. Come on, you you root for humor. I do. Yes. Kick Lyle Collins in a guard, just to do it. I mean, or just or just kick way, him out. Like probably kick him out of the building. ACL and the way he played, I think they're probably still kick in, him out. They're still in the market for right tackle. Um, the other options here in future-proofing the Bengals roster, Trey Hendrickson might be tough to keep for the, for the money over the next couple of years. Will McDonald or uh, Kansas State edge Felix Duike Hazoma need another Hazoma there. They could be in play. Yeah, anybody on the defensive line, I think, is a good pick for insurance purposes for them. Um, Eight out of Barre. They, I mean, they're also a team where, you know, maybe they look to get cheaper at wide receiver and take a flyer on a guy like Zay Flowers to see if he could become, you know, legit. Could he offense. become their slot for Tyler Boyd or just outside? Right speed receiver insurance opposite, uh, for T. Higgins if they do have to move on from T. Higgins, which, again, Bengals fans have assured me that will never happen. Never. By the way, when we say trade, it just means not like tomorrow, but like maybe during the season or something. I don't know. I don't know when you would do it. but I mean, It's always going to depend what the op- what the offers are. Like if somebody comes in, I'm not saying they should be actively shopping T. Higgins. but it, Right. And they have said, I believe them when they say they have no intention of trading him. But no intention of trading him does not mean we would turn down – an offer that included a first-round pick and, you know, maybe something else. Like, that. that's a very different conversation. So it might not happen. On the other hand, you can't – you would be an idiot, as some people are, to rule it out. This will not happen, cannot happen, because if a team like New England is desperate enough, having missed on every wide receiver available, to throw a first-round pick and maybe something else at them, they would be kind of crazy to turn that down. Yeah. All right, let's make a pick. I would take Jawan Jones. Uh, I mean, I'm in it just for the comedy. Yeah. Dewan Jones going to the Bengals. I haven't done a reset in a while. Apologize <laughs> if the energy's low on the show. It's tough sometimes, right? Well, the last just, reset you did was the 10th overall pick, right? Yeah. That's going to be a grind. Uh, quick reset. Tennessee. Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver, Ohio State. Texans at 12. Quentin Johnston, wide receiver, TCU. Jets. Tackle Paris Johnson Jr., Ohio State. Patriots at 14. Joey Porter Jr., cornerback from Penn State, Packers at 15, Dalton Kincaid, tight end from Utah, Washington at 16, Brian Branch, safety slash corner from Alabama. The Bills traded up to number 17 to get edge Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. The Lions at 18 take Deontay Banks, the corner from Maryland. The Bucks take tackle Antoine Harrison from Oklahoma. The Seattle Seahawks at, at 20 take Jordan Addison, the receiver from USC. The Dolphins forfeit their next pick, 21 the Chargers take running back Bijan Robinson from Texas. Let's go. The Ravens take Lucas Van Ness at 22, edge defender from Iowa. The Saints trade up to number 23 to take Miles Murphy, the edge from Clemson. Jacksonville takes tackle Broderick Jones from Georgia at 24. 25 is Nolan Smith, edge defender from Georgia, going to the Giants. The 26th pick is the Cowboys taking tight end Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. The Steelers traded down to 27 to take cornerback Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State, and the Bengals have taken Dewan Jones, the monster right tackle from Ohio State at pick 28. we got three picks left. Vikings are on the clock after trading down to number 29. Pick 29 has now changed hands 15 different times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally via, like, six different teams here. Mm-hmm. So we had to keep – let's keep that comedy going. Just trade again. Just keep trading um, 29. Hmm. Do they take the Zay – do they go Zay Flowers here? I mean, again, the lower down the first you get, the more I'm interested in the Zay Flowers thing. Uh, Josh Downs 
is the next guy up on our board or the consensus board or whatever conglomerate of those two we're using here. Uh, the next wide receiver is Tank Dell, who I think slipped after a combine that didn't blow everybody away. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Zay Flowers would be the guy that you would take the swing at, I would suggest. Even if the model doesn't like him, Aid Adabare, I mean, just the speed. You think the he place. could get into the first round? I think he could. The, the speed at which he plays, and he's six one. He's undersized, but he's got long arms. Like I feel like teams could talk. He's probably a second round player, but I feel like somebody could talk him into back into the first. Is basically I mean the he's basically got the same um, size as Kalijah Kansi. I think he has longer arms, right? And instead of a way longer arms, yeah, yeah. So, right. Like it's a it's a different body type. And for a guy like. Everyone was losing their mind that Kansi beat Aaron Donald by one one-hundredth of a second for the fastest ever defensive tackle time run at the Combine. Well, if you project Adabari, the, the Northwestern quote-unquote edge rusher, if you project him into defensive tackle at the next level, well, he takes two-tenths off that. Like, not only would it be the fastest that's ever been run, it would be the fastest by almost two-and-a-half-tenths of a second. That's nuts. Yeah. So... Adabari is ridiculous. Um, the guy that I think is getting slept on, though, who is he's at 40, 48 on the consensus board, Tui, Tui Apolotu from USC. <laughs> Played a little edge out there, but he's 290. He's probably an interior player there. I'm not saying to take him here, but I, I would – he's probably a back end of the first-round player, just okay. given that little – given that heads up to teams. All right, where do you want to go here with Minnesota? Throwing some options out there. Hmm. Do you want to take Zay? I think Zay Flowers would make a lot of sense in this offense, even if I don't love him as a player. All right. I'd also, actually, to be honest, if I was arguing, to hell with it. If I'm arguing they draft wide receiver, Josh Downs is the guy who would take above Zay Flowers. Oh, in the first round? I mean, all right. I like Josh Downs. Independent of the first round, I think he's a better player. Am I too harsh on Brian Brissy? Should he go somewhere here? I mean, he should go somewhere, but I don't know if you're too harsh on him. Do you want to do it in Minnesota? They need help there too. He's at least a good pass rusher. They don't. They need pass rush help in the interior. Okay, to go with Dean that. Lowry proceed. and company. All right, proceed. Eagles at thirty. Eagles, Eagles at, 30. at thirty. Who did they take? They took Cansey. Yeah, already. Uh huh. Do they double up on edge? Developmental Will McDonald, another really good, good burst athlete type of player. Do they go at a bari just to have him and Cansey on the same team? Undersized speed demon in here? Yes. That feels unlikely. Would love that. Um, would they be? Would they add wide receivers given what they have? Obviously, they invent that the investment is in the first rounders. Uh, first rounders in two different ways: Devonte Smith and AJ Brown. Beyond those guys, it isn't great. Would you swing at one just because? I mean, again, I would. I don't know if I love the receivers here. I mean, we've been talking Zay. It's a good mix. It's a good mix-up, Zay, Zay Flowers or Josh Downs. I mean, they've lost a lot of players in free agency, most of which they have covered by players already on the roster expected to step up. So we assume N'Kobe Dean will step into the role left by TJ Edwards and be their starting middle linebacker or inside linebacker, be a stud there. Reed Blankenship can step into one safety spot as a guy that played really well last season in limited roles. Kayvon Wallace presumably is the other one. Um, the offensive line, you would imagine they kick Cam Jurgens out to right guard and hope he can play there for a year until 
Kelsey's gone, but guard is going to be a spot they need. Like, did they bring in an Osiris Torrance? Oof. Maybe he starts day one. Even if he doesn't, he starts next year. Oh, yeah. Yes. Let's get Osiris Torrance at right guard. Okay. Let's put him in there right now. Nice. I was going to suggest maybe Luke Musgrave at tight end, too. Yeah. Because they you know, run those two tight ends, have him opposite Dallas Goddard, um, develop him for the future. But, no, I think you got a need and value, I think, matches up here. Okay. Give me Osiris Torrance. Done. All right, Chiefs. Last pick. At 31. Pick number 31. Uh, give me any of the receivers. They'll all thrive here. All the receivers or the edge. I mean, the edge rushers make sense too, right? Even though they add. Yeah, another year where I think edge rusher makes sense. And for me, building around Patrick Mahomes, the receivers always make sense because edge I wanna, rusher. I want to make life so difficult for opposing offenses. Yeah, defense. Edge rusher for them is a classic example of, look, you've invested in it. You, it, it, The worst case scenario is you end up with one more good player in a rotation, which is a good thing. Yeah. Like, Charles Amena, who should be a good player for you. George Karloftis was your first-round pick last year. Hasn't shown a ton so far. If he takes a big step forward in year two and you draft a guy that's good in the first round, that's not a bad problem to have. So to me, like the worst case of drafting a guy at a position you've already dedicated resources to when it's an edge rusher is not a bad thing. Uh, Thule would be really good for the multi-gap defense that they're that they're building here 290 pounds again played edge or the interior at usc i know the consensus board doesn't like him as much but mm. just throwing that out there do you want to go edge i would go edge will mcdonald or felix andwike Uzama. i want to say his name differently every single time i know i've noticed that um one of them will be right what's the so there's always a cheat way to say these names right like uh, Adabari, people are just calling him Aid. Adadike Uzama. They just call him Aid. Aid Adabari, just to avoid the first name, right? Aid. What's the cheat way of saying FAU. FAU? Call him FAU. So Felix from Kansas State. FAU. That's the guy I would draft. Let's do it. All right, done. Look at Sold. Hallmark draft done. It only it took only us. Ah, hours. here we go. Great in our draft. How do we do? What do we get? Any picks that were good? Any good draft? Uh, where's our grades? Full results. I don't think you get a grade for just the fullers. They don't get a grade doing everything. Team. All right, so we'll save this image. Look at that. It looks great. Okay. We'll save this image. We'll tweet it out. You guys can hate all, hate it all you want. Um, I think it shows the difficulty in drafting because uh, half the picks I didn't love. Oh, okay. I mean, I think this draft was the most interesting one we've done in a while where you saw the sort of hard cutoff of when it gets difficult. Like we took the quarterbacks off the board, one, two, three, four. That was easy. And then you get the two blue chips, Will Anderson and you know, the asterisk next to Jalen Carter. And then you hit number seven and you don't love any option. And yeah. that's, that's the same for like the next 10 picks. And then you reach like the twenties again, all of a sudden the value comes back to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. But uh, I think we did well for a little over two hours. That was fun. Appreciate Philly, by the way, I don't know if this is an Eagles fan thing or I have yet to come up with a mock draft that Eagles fans haven't hated. Well, you know, that's a Philly thing. Okay. Of course, I mean, it's a Philly thing. That was like the year I kept draft, uh, giving them a corner, and, and they're like, oh, we don't need corners. And the next year, it's like, oh, we need three. I mean, look, Kalijah Kansi is one of the most exciting players in this draft, and then Osiris Torrance is arguably a starting guard for you, and if not, he future-proofs the strength of your team on the offensive line. It might not be flashy, but if the Eagles come out of this two first-round picks with a defensive tackle that can rush the passer and a starting lineman, you'd be kind of crazy to be sad at that. 
Yeah, I think it was good. Um, anyway, it's um, the the it's the thought exercise here that is fun. You think about what the options are, what teams could do, what we might do. We cheated a little bit and traded up with teams that may have done it, and you know, it was a lot of fun. So um, that's all we have here for today. Be sure to go check out, do your own mock draft simulator. Just send it. Like, we'll, we'll tweet this out from the podcast account on Twitter, and you just respond with your own first round. Show us what you would have done. Show us where we went wrong. Show us what your team would have done that was completely different from what we did. Mm-hmm. Sound good? Yep. All right. You're back here again tomorrow with Renner. Yeah. You know what you're doing? No. Talking draft. Some sort of draft conversation. All right. Well, thanks to everybody for tuning in. We'll see you again tomorrow. I was not harsh on Tyree Wilson. I was just saying. You said he was on your don't draft. I, it's the harsh. let. It's I have him lower than others list. Yeah. Just lower than others. I Other mean, people are on that list too. It's not just Tyree. If that isn't a don't draft board, I would suggest renaming it to something less harsh. I will rename it. Please don't quote me as don't draft. It's just let someone else oh, do I, it. I hope somebody writes an article. Please Steve, don't. PFF Steve Palazzolo do doesn't don't think do Tyree it. Wilson is a draftable player. Don't do it. Hit the thumbs up. Thanks. See ya.